On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we debunk the fable of the tortoise and the hare, because tortoises don't even have hair. Welcome back to a brand new episode of This Is a Game Boy. Um, on today's episode, we will be uh, diving into the Turtles games on Game Boy. Well, actually, just one of them. Um, we are gonna definitely do all three of them, um, but we're just gonna keep it with the first one uh, so far. Uh, and uh, we have like two announcements, I guess. Like the first thing is um, today we are joined by uh, Man Over Mars. Uh, which you might know from um, his podcast that he doesn't do anymore, uh, <laughs> Pixelated Audio. Uh, but you might also, of course, know him from just Twitch because literally everybody has uh, an emote made by him That's pretty much. at this point. Uh, pretty much. You know, um, and then most people just know him as mom now, yeah. as an abbreviation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, we're joined by him and then joined by my co-host, uh, Baltic. Um yeah, and the, the second announcement is, and we didn't realize this before, we kind of just figured it out by looking at the calendar, but uh, when this comes out, we've actually been doing this for uh, two years now, so this is basically our anniversary episode. Nice, congrats. I'm happy to be on your guys' anniversary date. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were, maybe we wanted to plan something special, but what would we even do? We were, and now it just uh, came to be to this. I, I asked, I asked, I asked him, I was like, what are we going to do for our two-year anniversary? Last year we did Darkwing Duck, and he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, when's this Turtles episode coming? I was like, I don't, like, I don't know, June, May? I'm like, oh, that's when we started the podcast. He's like, well, I guess that's our two-year <laughs> anniversary episode. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Nice. Well, either way, <laughs> either way, I'm I'm honored to be on the anniversary. We're happy to so. have you. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before on on previous episodes, like the reason why we definitely invited you uh, to talk about the Turtles games is specifically actually for uh, for the amazing soundtrack that this game offers. Where we'll dive into that, of mm -hmm. course, when we come across the game itself. But as you did a podcast about. Um, video game music and i think this is just uh the perfect one to pull you in for and i know you love these games as well or at least the soundtrack of oh them, yeah so, um. well i was a huge turtle fan as a kid so uh and uh and this game in particular is 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 pretty fun so i, I like it yeah that's that's why this was uh, perfect to do. We it, initially we wanted to do all three of them in one go, but that episode would take like seven hours, so we were like, mm, probably yeah. best not to do that and just split it up as as good as we can. So, um, well, and you get to take your time and uh, put them out one at a time and not rush through it. So you got turtles for you know next year as well. And lakes, lakes can have a life and enjoy her freedom. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we have been giving her some uh, some long, yeah, very episodes. long episodes lately. Um, she's, she's glad that she's doing at at this moment my uh, my light that comes out uh, before it is and it's or. Before Top Gun? Yeah, before Top Gun. Um, yeah. And it's only 40 minutes, so she can take a little break there for once. Nice. Uh, but yeah, like always, uh, before we start uh, diving into the game, uh, what have you been up to, Baltic? 
Um, Final Fantasy Remake. Um, you saw my <laughs> frustration with it last mm, night. I've seen some of your posts on Twitter about <laughs> God, it. God, what a, what a game. Um, just finished Retrothon. So we, I started up Game Boy Block, I don't know, last weekend or whatever it was. Sunday. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday. And then, uh, did KDL Extra Mode, which I was very happy with that run, uh, 12.30-something. Uh, Kid Nikki, which went a little bit better than expected. And then Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was underestimate, and that was the first underestimate run I had the entire week. So, uh, all in all, it went great. Game Boy Block was sweet. Yeah. Um, it ended with all five Mega Man Game Boys, so that was actually really cool to watch. Manix was a beast. Yeah, and was ten. Max actually just bopped me in uh, Mega Man Doctor Wise Revenge, so I might he have was, to come back to try to was, get top five again. He was ten seconds off the world record at Mega Man Five. Yeah, and all because of one That's crazy uh, mishap with a stage select. Otherwise, he would have gotten it. Yeah, it, it insane, an absolute beast. Uh, outside of that, I started rewatching all the Shin Chan episodes because we're all <laughs> locked down, so I have nothing else there to do. <laughs> Uh, I finished all 23 seasons of South Park. Uh, wow. I'm like halfway through all of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm through season one of Shin Chan already. Uh, I've listened to the entire discography of 30 Seconds to Mars, Iron Maiden, e- ACDC, and Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> um, so uh, I've, I mean, it's just, the lockdowns is driving me insane. Like, I just, doing things I don't typically just do. So. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, uh, once Final Fantasy VII's done, I'll be diving into, I think, Red Dead Revolver next. So hopefully I can enjoy a game again. Nice. What about you, Mid Over Mars? Well, I mean, living that dad life. So that's uh, <laughs> that takes up a good portion of yeah. my, my days and nights. But uh, other than that, it's been uh, a lot of art. Uh, people, I think, in the lockdown have been taking a look at their Twitch channels and stuff like that, seeing where they can uh, improve things. So I've been slammed with emotes and things like that. And, you know, as far as game-wise, just chipping away at uh, beating some Game Boy games. And uh, I've really fallen in love with DayZ, so I, I've been playing a lot of DayZ oh as well. God. I used to love DayZ. I used to pour so many hours into, into DayZ mod for Arma 2. Oh, my God. Nice, yeah. I'm just like totally addicted. I was playing this morning. Actually, I woke up. I wake up now at like four, four thirty in the morning to uh, do uh, art or stream or something, you know, stuff like that. So today, I just woke up to play Daisy with a few friends, and you know, didn't even stream or anything like that. I just wanted to play. There's a YouTube series of me and some friends playing Daisy together, and we got in this just um, this epic chase on the airfield on, on an Epoch server. And mm-hmm. uh, it ended with us like making it through like a little bit of trees where like we just should not have made it at all because we're we drive like idiots, and it <laughs> ended up with them hitting a tree and blowing up. So we just went and looted them. Oh, it's so good. Airfield, man. Airfield's where it's at. Airfield yeah. and uh, um, Electro. Yeah. Most probably like I don't know what you're talking. I about. have no idea. Yeah, I know the game, of course. But, like, <laughs> I, 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 Totally not into any multiplayer game at all, to be perfectly honest, and definitely not one of those survival uh, game. What what are they called actually? Is it a that's not a battle royale one really? Uh, no, uh, it's not a battle because when you die, you, you lose everything. So it's and you just keep respawning. There's no like 
who wins. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just like yeah, survival. Yeah. So yeah, that, definitely nothing yeah. uh, that I would enjoy at all, to be honest. <laughs> I don't play much for BRs. I've tried a couple. I just don't like them. Like I, I used to play yeah. PUBG. I've won a couple PUBG rounds. Cool. I used to play Fortnite for a little <laughs> bit. I think I played like four rounds of Fortnite. One, one or two. I was like, all right, well, I'm done with this. Like, would, I just don't find them fun. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mo? Yeah. Um. So I finished up the main storyline of Final Fantasy Remake. So all I'm doing is clean up basically by getting through hard mode and and the random trophies. But I'm not like doing it constantly because um. Well, it's boring to do that. Um, like, sure I do is. like <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake, but getting trophies and things like that, I'm... <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not super enjoying that part of it. Um, it. It does make the game a little bit more fun and strategical, for sure, but um, I've seen it. I've been through the game. I kind of wish it didn't have trophies at this point. Um, I don't know. One thing I'm not very fond of with with trophy hunting is the hard mode playthroughs. Like, I don't always want to do those because there's usually one or two things about them that just get me mad and and then I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do have some other games to play, of course. Um, like yesterday, um, Trials of Mana came out. Um, and I say Mana, and mm-hmm. I know every character in the game says Mana, um, which I absolutely <laughs> hate. Um, but I know people say either Mana or Mana. Um, I'm like that with the Mako thing. Like when I heard them say Mako, I was like, no, it's Mako. Like, don't <laughs> yeah, even Ma- try I say to Mako change my well. mind. Yeah, see, so, but yeah, it's it's just funny because I think I should have, I, I played it on stream uh, for like a first impression session to see if other people might be interested in playing it or something. And I should have put up a counter how many times they say mana during the five hours that I played it. It just keeps going like three times in one sentence or something. It's, it's yeah, no machines. Yeah, like that, yeah. for example. Yeah, and the voice acting in the game is horrible. Like it's it's C-level C oh. voice actors. I'm sorry. I know you people are also doing your job. But um, Jesus, that's some bad. So it's just like Final Fantasy VII remake. Perfect. That one is like three hundred times better than uh, than Trials of Mana. But yeah, besides that, really great game. I never played the original. Um, I do have the collection which I bought to play the original, and I never did. So I'm playing the remake now. Uh, it has fantastic music. It has great graphics. It's fun mm-hmm. to play. It's easy to play. I'm playing on normal mode. There is a hard mode, but. <laughs> get out of here hard mode i actually bought the switch <laughs> version just so i didn't have to worry about trophies at all i can just play the game and enjoy it oh. nice if they're not there you don't have to Indeed. worry about it so um, i'm actually enjoying this game i'm like 10 hours in i finally got to a boss fight that was actually very hard um compared to the very first few of the game which were laughably easy to be honest uh, but i can highly recommend this game it's a one-on-one remake of the original so there's no added content or things like that in it mm-hmm. um, besides one quote-unquote side quest i think they just overhauled the battle system to make it a little bit more um actiony compared to the original but besides that the story remains the same um, and the areas remain the same. So if you played the original, you you know where to go. And it's a very lenient game towards newcomers to the RPG genre as well, because it literally shows you where you have to go. So you can't get get That's lost nice. or anything. Yeah. 
Um, I played Secrets of Mana 1 on Super Nintendo. Yeah, so. that, that one is quite confusing if you don't know where to go. Indeed. Um, besides that, I have been playing some Game Boy games. Um, I finished up Harvest Moon Game Boy, which is the most boring game I've ever played in my life. Um, <laughs> I would not recommend this to anybody. Um, <laughs> played Amazing Tater, which is one of the uh, most expensive games on Game Boy. And it's the sequel yeah. to Quirk. Um, I think it uses okay. some of the same puzzles, but I'm not sure. I haven't encountered any. I didn't know it was a sequel to Quirk. Yeah, yep. it's it's this one. Puzzle Kid 2. Puzzle Kid. Oh, it's called that in Japan, then, I guess. Japan. Yeah, yep. yeah. But Amazing Tater is very hard to find. Uh, it's a very expensive game. So, very uh, expensive. Yeah, better get the Japanese version then because it's it's just a puzzle game. You don't need to read Japanese version is expensive too. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so don't get any version <laughs> then. Uh. <laughs> At least it was last time I looked. Okay, yeah, that's... that's. Uh... Well, you can just watch Mo's playthrough of... Or you can do that. Yeah. And, and enjoy it. Me... <laughs> I don't remember. Five hours? I think it... I think it took me two and a half. Yeah. Wait, no. Three hours? I don't remember. It, it was pretty fast. That's not too bad. For yeah, a it was game. two streams. Yeah. It's only 40 stages. So yeah, it's not very long. So it's it's fine. It's yeah. It's, Both of those are on my list to, to play at some point. But I'm I'm a baby compared to you guys. I'm still I started mine over. I was in like the forties or fifties and so now I'm at like eight. I haven't I haven't played a, the only time I play Game Boy games is for the podcast hour and I don't even put them in my playlist or stream them anymore because half the path the games mm. we picked now i've already played yeah <laughs> so no. i just go back yeah. and watch my playthrough <laughs> yeah i'm doing well with the progression i'm at 385 or 86 right now so getting close i think, to I'm, at, yeah, that's... I think I'm at 230 yeah. so but yeah we're, we're getting yeah there. and i'm at eight <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> i've been doing it for four years almost so it makes yeah. sense yeah yeah, um, I also play. Well, I just kind of turned my focus this year towards towards. So pretty much for gaming for me, it's just Daisy and Game Boy. So <laughs> no NES, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four. All that stuff was just getting in the way before. Oh, so now it's just Game Boy and and Daisy. <laughs> yeah, and you know which Same good ones console. to pick by looking at our list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can talk yeah. to you guys and say, is this was this game any good? And you're like, no, don't play that. Yeah, game. okay. To. I might still want to play it though. <laughs> That's a good thing about this. <laughs> Unless you play Top Gun, then you're going to get two different yeah, answers. No. <laughs> Still have to beat that game. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I also played Burger Time Deluxe, which is uh, not a port fun. of the arcade game. Fun game. Um, yeah, it's a fun game. Um, 24 stages. Um, increasing difficulty for sure. Got stuck in the final world, I think, for three hours or something. Um, but I made it through it, so... Uh, Good, Very nice. fun game. I liked it a lot. Um, besides that, I also have been just watching like TV wherever I can. I f think I talked about this before, but I finished uh, Dragon Ball Super, um, including the movie. <laughs> um, it's okay. Oh, Broly? It's okay, but the last thirty episodes of the of the series are really good. Actually, I really enjoyed those. The fights were amazing. Wasn't the animation kind of bad? In some episodes, they, they over blue, okay. blue, over blue, whatever. <laughs> they were, um, yeah, tearing it apart a little bit uh, during the start of the series because at that point, um, Japanese animation studios kind of were in a drought. Um, so they hired new 
animators and they did not really know what to do. So there are some scenes that look absolutely horrible. Uh, but they fixed yeah. those in the Blu-ray releases of the series. So um, at least they do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. but yeah, I, I read up on it uh, on Dragon Ball Super. It's not super love, but it's okay. But it's definitely made for a very young audience because there's not that much... Um, blood in it as far as blood went with dragon ball to begin with uh, but you can clearly see it's made for people with a short attention span instead of uh people like us who had to sit through 10 episodes for something to happen like in in this series oh, everything yeah. happens at once and it's actually really hard to follow at some points yeah uh, wow yeah because i remember in the old you know dragon ball z and stuff you'd watch like four episodes of them like charging and yelling at each other and then <laughs> then you'd finally get a battle and then you'd be like yeah oh, here's Goku, a comparison like, spends um, 10 episodes of a spirit bomb yeah well that's what i was gonna say like when um goku battles frieza uh, the very first time it takes him like what seven episodes to form that spirit bomb um yeah, in dragon ball super it took literally 20 seconds and well, that's because he's super now <laughs> yeah because he's super <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah the the thing about the series is um there are a lot of characters in it all of them are very uninteresting which is the downfall of this series but the yeah. final few battles of it are actually worded um they were really good and the movie the broly movie was okay in my opinion it wasn't that great so good um but now broly is canon though so that's at least something yeah. um and um yesterday i started uh again because i never finished it the first two times i started uh, full metal alchemist brotherhood um so yeah i'll, I'll see how that goes I, i've seen half of it but uh yeah it's been years it took me three tries to finish that anime yeah i just i couldn't get into brotherhood i love the original full metal alchemist and the movie brotherhood was real hard for me to get mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. i think the problem with brotherhood is that it starts in the middle of the story um yep and the thing is brotherhood is actually completely based on the manga whereas uh the original series was kind of altered here and there uh but the original one follows it chronologically most of the time like there's some flashbacks but not that many but like brotherhood the first episode you're like what is this what is even happening here you have no idea what's going on and i think people my, might have not liked that a lot one of my biggest issues with brotherhood is uh i forgot the the main character's name now but uh arthur alfred whatever his name um, is um uh, no uh wait alphonse is the brother uh edward Alright. Edward. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was some basic name. <laughs> where he can just like walk to a wall, draw a quick circle in like 0.5 seconds, put his hand on it, and all of a sudden he has like a typhoon coming out of nowhere. And it's like in like the original Brotherhood, he drew like these giant circles and like these alchemist symbols. Like it was like a whole thing. It was like a half an episode thing. Now it's just like hand against the wall, typhoon. <laughs> or like well, I'm going to draw this circle on my hand. I'm going to shoot fireballs at you now. It's like, oh, come on. I don't want to. Like, I want epic, <laughs> epic alchemist circles again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember that much of Brotherhood. Uh, I've only seen two episode 26. Um, but but this time I'll just uh, finish it. It's not a long uh, anime. You'll see it in the first episode because that's when it happens. And it's when <laughs> I get mad. Sure. <laughs> It's not good when you make Belthick mad in the first no, episode. It's, it's not, because I don't want to watch it after that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's all I've been up to so far. Sweet. Well, that's everyone. So uh, today's episode, so we've already talked about turtles and tortoises. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant uh, Hero Turtles, <laughs> as I put in the notes here. Uh, Fall of the Foot Clan. So uh, stay tuned and we will start deep diving into some turtle history. the foot clan turtles follow the foot clan released in august 1990 in japan and america and 1990 europe as hero turtles um developed by konami and published by ultra which is a subsidiary of konami mm-hmm. basically yeah we talked about his in the um, past so i think we talked about this with oh Top yeah, Gun, yeah honestly. there we go so, <laughs> so yeah um did nintendo have the same like type of restrictions on the game boy as it did for like the nes for like the number of titles people could put out in a year yes okay i didn't know if it was still or they just were like yeah they already know we're ultra we're gonna keep just doing it yeah no the nintendo had a had a restriction on it hence why like (laughs) honestly like the first few years of the game boy like they're actually really there is a lot of releases but they were very spread out but if you look at like the later releases, like from like '93 and after, like they're pretty consistent and pretty mm-hmm. rapid fire. After that, so um, and composed by Michiiru, I'm gonna butcher this name, Michiiru Yamane, <laughs> Yamana, y- Yamane, y- Yamane. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so it says in the notes. Yeah, uh, looks like she worked from 1988 to. Around 2019, she might still be doing some more work, but... Uh, yeah, she just recently did the Bloodstain soundtracks. So, Bloodstain, R- Curse oh, of the Moon, wow. and Ritual of the Night. Yeah, and Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. So, she stayed pretty busy for, what is that, like 30 years? <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, a lot of Castlevania stuff. So, Bloodlines, Symphony of the Night, Harmony of Dissonance, Ario Sorrow, uh, Ario Sorrow uh, Lament of Innocence, and like a whole bunch more, and some Smups and Sparkster series. So a lot of stuff that you guys have probably heard uh, and loved. So she's she's quite an amazing composer. So I'm really happy to see that she's still making music and still kind of in that Castlevania genre with uh, with the new like uh, Bloodstained games. Was she dominantly a Konami <clears throat> a Konami composer, or was she just kind of just? Um, I don't remember because I don't know if is Sparkster and stuff Konami. I, I know there was a lot of shmups and stuff too that that she did, but uh, I know she got hooked up with like Iga and the Castlevania mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. and so when Iga was pushing that uh, Bloodstain game and on Kickstarter and stuff, it was like everyone was like, "Is Yamane going to be part of it?" And they were like, "Yes." <laughs> so yeah, as far as I can see, Sparkster is definitely also Konami games. So um, yeah, all of these games that i can see on her uh on her career list are all as far as i know konami games except for of course bloodstain but that's 
yeah, basically the same mm-hmm. team, of course. And Skullgirls, I see here, the fighting game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, besides yeah, that. That would happen with a lot of composers. They would, you know, they would work for the company or they would be uh, freelance and, and the same companies would kind of hit them up all the time. And, uh, or, uh, you know, back in, that's why you, you look at a lot of credits in games, too. And it, it's not real names. They're just like they're you know, their, their alias so that people couldn't steal them and stuff like that. So it's, it's neat to see, uh, someone spend a long time at the same company and get like a lot of big projects and stuff. So, huh. Um, well, sweet. All right. So the plot, Mo, you haven't done the plot of a it's game true. in a while. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'll, I'll dive into the history of the turtles, uh, quickly uh, because i think everybody at this point knows about the turtles but just in case you don't um the turtles was actually um a comic uh, series released back mm-hmm. in 1984 yep. um, conceived by kevin eastman and peter laird and to my surprise it actually ran for 30 years like it, it ran until 2014 yeah. i thought it was only in the 80s um and the early 90s, but apparently it did keep on going for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, it, it did stop in 2014, and um, IDW afterwards um, got the rights to make new um, comics. And uh, what they did is like they completely started back from the start, so they um, made mm-hmm. their own history with the Turtles. It's not based... Well, it's kind of based upon the original series, of course, um, but they... Uh, totally revamped it um, but they also did re-release all of the comics uh, of the early ages so you can get those as well um, one thing to note about the original run of the turtles uh, comic books all of them were in uh, black and white so um, there's not mm-hmm. a single yeah. one and all the turtles were uh, i think when they referred to their their color too they were all yeah, wore red indeed so um, they, the coloring scheme yeah so that was kind of uh, neat to actually see actually from the turtles cartoon the very first one that got released mm-hmm. um, but in the comics at least on the covers because again it's black and white um, they are all just wearing uh, the red bandana and uh, mm-hmm. i guess well it's not a karate bell because they're ninjas but <laughs> some kind of bell uh, <laughs> it's it's just red yeah yeah, turtles don't have pockets. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so that's why on the cover of the like the I think it's like the fourth, the first NES, they're all in red and they're all wearing yeah. red. So it's like, I think some people were confused by that. That were into the cartoons and bought the games because of the cartoons. They're like, what? Why are they yeah, all Raphael's? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, indeed. So like most people, of course, got familiar with the turtles because of the uh, late eighties, nineties cartoon series, which uh, to this day is still pretty well known. Um, Sadly, mm-hmm. if you look back at it um, when you're older now and, and you start looking at it, it's not that great as we remembered it. Um, it's super cheesy. Um, you can definitely see it was completely made up to sell toys, like a lot of cartoons mm-hmm. back in those days. But uh, you can see they are introducing like all these kind of weird uh, vehicles and and. Uh, characters throughout the series that the series could have done without but they were all there just to sell toys actually but um, it's pretty fun to watch and to be honest it has one of the best shredders um, out of the entire Turtles history to be honest Um, I forgot the the voice actor for it but it's Uncle Phil from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air 
who sadly has died. Oh, was it? Uh, a few years back. I didn't know that he did the, the yeah, Shredder, he did Shredder. Voice. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't come up with his name right now. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, James, James Avery. Avery. There we go. Uh, but yeah, he his his take on Shredder was just iconic. It's kind of like um, imagining the Joker without. Um, Mark yeah, Hamill. without uh, him, Mark Hamill yeah. um, actually voicing him. It's just typical uh, for for those characters. Um, but yeah, besides that, of course, the Turtles got uh, a lot of movies um, where only mm-hmm. the first two are actually good movies and the rest we do not really talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the live action one that came out in, what, like 2000 and like. 13 or whatever it was that one wasn't terrible the one from i can't remember the director's name now the one that ruins all my childhood yeah the, the um the one with megan fox yeah, in that's, it yeah no, i do not yeah I, that one i had i didn't mind that i one. had some issues with it i thought it works for uh like a younger generation and i did like the idea that they all kind of had like their own little gear and like like Raphael was more like athletic gear and Donatello had all kinds yeah. of like tech stuff glued to him. And so I liked that. I thought that was neat, but uh, their faces were kind of funny and I didn't like <laughs> it definitely Megan Fox to a and, different audience. And Shredder was kind of totally terrible, but uh, yeah, it, but it was very all action. Agree. It was fun though. We can all agree that the time travel was yeah, the worst. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I still had those toys though. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, unfortunately. That's normal. <laughs> we had a, the third one of the uh, 90s run of uh, movies. Uh, for some reason, they changed the costumes, even though they were perfect to begin with, and it just looks really cheap, and it has cheap effects. And um, yeah, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a really bad movie. Like the plot could have worked for sure, but um, they they totally ruined that one. Um, but yeah, besides the cartoons, if you do want to watch a cartoon, I actually recommend the 2003 one. Um, because it has a lot darker tone, it doesn't. Uh, it's not like the original series where everything is really funny just to be funny. Um, it, mm-hmm. it has a lot darker tone. It actually borrows more from the original comic than um, the original cartoon did, which was because Krang and, and Super Krang and things like that. Those didn't show up in the comics at all, um, in that capacity at least. Um, so it was a little bit more kid-friendly, but the, the 2003 one is really good. Um, I did see the first one that came out on Nickelodeon. I absolutely did not like that, um, even though it got great critical reviews for some reason. Um, but I think the turtles look dumb because it's like that 2.5D <laughs> animation style, which I absolutely do not like. Um Oh, I know you're talking they about. changed yeah, like April to like a 13 year old brat which is absolutely oh, horrible um, and now there's even a newer one um, there's the fourth generation of, of uh, turtles apparently it's really good but I haven't seen it yet but it's still the same it's very um, made for kids uh, also by Nickelodeon mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's for people our age we are very um, into the the early cartoon because we grew up with it, uh, but these newer yeah. ones we can see that it's it's not great when you look at the source material. And yeah, like I said, check out the two thousand and three or what did I say a thirteen one? I think that's a, an actual great um, adult 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. I'll have to check that one out. I haven't seen it. I think I've only really seen the uh, like the original series from when I was a kid. Uh, I've seen like the look and stuff of some of the newer ones, and you know, as long as if the stories are okay, then they're still fun to watch. But um, I mean, they're not made yeah. for my generation. It so. also has a great. Uh, I guess I should animated like it. movie where those turtles meet the turtles from the '90s cartoon. So that's that's actually a really fun, oh, wow. uh, fun movie to watch. Wasn't there a live action TV show too, where there was like a girl turtle, like Venus yes, or something? There, was her name? There was, yeah. It was uh, <clears throat> based on the Incredible Turtles tour <laughs> that went around to America. I guess um, it was the same actors, I think, as in that uh, that live tour where they sang songs and things like that. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of history with the turtles. In case you are not familiar with them, um, but yeah, let's dive into the plot of this game. <clears throat> and this comes straight out of, straight out of the manual, actually. So, uh, actually, not from the manual. Uh, the manual does not have a story in it. Uh, neither does the game itself. This is from the backside of the box art. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there's something in my throat. That's not coming out. You got Genghis, Genghis Khan. Wasn't that the that the frog, um, the frog, one of the oh, frog enemies? Yeah, one of the four frogs. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about him. The swamp uh, turtles, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Okay, so the plot of. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles follow the Foot Clan or Hero Turtles if you're from Europe. Um, in cahoots with the exiled alien Zapmaster Krang, the evil Shredder has once again kidnapped the dashing, dashing damsel of the new desk, April O'Neil. To rescue this ravishing reporter, you must return to the sewers and dredge forth those reptiles with a penchant for pizza and all that nifty knife work of a chop suey chef. You'll control every move of Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello and Raphael as they arm themselves with hat-rattling nunchuckas, backstabbing side swords and liver-lashing katana swords. We forgot to mention the incredible bow staff, of course, because nobody likes Donatello, apparently. Of course, this one's in the light here at <laughs> Adventure will true. really start rumbling the nanosecond you bust into five never before seen seen never before seen levels of Manhattan mayhem. Here you'll <laughs> perfect the ancient art of icing, dicing, and shuriken slicing, and you'll get the chance to wipe the smirks off the faces of all new creep show freaks like Roadkill Ronnie, Shell Shocker, and the nasty villain Phileo Filt. So get back into your shell and start snapping away before April goes from delivering the news to singing the blues in some new cement shoes. Wow, there's so much to unpack in that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That paragraph, <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, wow. like, I didn't know that icing was an ancient uh, art, uh, like Apparently. ninja art, so like icing yeah. cupcakes and cakes and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, they did kind of gloss over Donatello. He was one of my favorites, but uh, he was Leonardo was my least favorite as a kid. Absolutely, he was too, yeah. too by the books, and I, Raphael was my favorite. So, uh, <laughs> Raphael was my favorite as well. Yeah. But Donatello seems like he's pretty OP in a lot of the games because that staff is so long. Yeah, yeah, I would say like Leonardo was probably my least favorite. Then Donatello, it was pretty. A, it was a tie between Mikey and Raphael, though. Yeah, for me, I liked his his attitude because of the the movies he was just so such a jerk and i loved it 
He's just cranky all the time. Yeah. It's me in a nutshell <laughs> right there. Gameplay. So, <laughs> I had a ditch. Um, so, you get to pick your turtle. And while you're playing on the Game Boy, you could definitely know which turtle you're picking by the color. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That's why they just let you choose by picking the actual name. That's right. So you get to choose your turtle by name instead of the color like you did in uh, the NES version. Um, but then you get to choose your 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 turtle, and you press start. And then you move on to stage one, which is the traffic jam. So you get to go through the streets of Manhattan, and then you end up into the sewers Yeah, I, d- I don't know Manhattan. why they call it the traffic jam, to be honest. I took these names out of the manual. There's no cars um, at all. Only in the third yeah, part of this stage, there are uh, the foot, foot clan on motorcycles. But besides that, it's not really a traffic jam. Like, um, no, there's no so. vehicles at all. It's just you're walking down the street. Making your way downtown, as some of the kids call it nowadays, and then. Uh... Well, it's funny with um. I don't know if like levels are like the same way, but uh, when, when on the podcast I see you, we talked to a lot of Japanese composers, and uh, they were uh, sometimes when we told them the track title, that was the first time they'd ever heard that the title had a that the song had a name. <laughs> so this could have been some oh. marketing guy <laughs> was like, "Oh, it's on the street. Let's just name it Traffic Jam." Like, and then you know, no one that worked on the game may have ever ever called it uh, Traffic Jam. So that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember which composer we had on, but we asked them like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna play this song," and he's like, "What's that?" And we're like, "This." Oh, I think it was the composer of like the GG Elise series, and um, he he was like, "Uh, I don't. I've never heard that name before." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the what the music was for the uh, first That's just the turtle's even. theme. So um, you start up with a with a normal turtle oh, theme it? when you're outside in the alleys, um, and when you go down the sewers, it changes the music to the the sewer theme. I I remember the sewers. It's like do 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 do. Yeah, I remember the sewer music. I did a really good job impersonating yeah. that too. So <laughs> remember how we said no scene in this episode? Well, well that's hobby. Let's call it hobby. Uh, <laughs> trying to find the Zofer link but uh anyway so as you're progressing through um i'm pretty sure every turtle had the same attack i it, see this is hard for me because i didn't die in this mm-hmm. game <laughs> so it was really so like i always just choose Raphael, and i'm pretty sure all the turtles have the same attack yeah they have this pretty much the same attack animation you can see the different weapon but i think they all have pretty much the same reach do the same damage so it doesn't really matter which turtle mm-hmm. you pick, mm-hmm. but uh, I did die a few times the first time I played this game. It's it takes a little bit if you're not uh, if you're if you go a little too fast in the beginning, you're just like you get overwhelmed because everything moves so slowly. Um, so that's yeah. that's true. No, the thing yeah. is, um, all the the turtles are literally exactly the same. The only difference you can tell is, of course, by the weapon they're holding. Um, but yeah, I, I've written down, um, especially when looking at the graphics for this game. I think the backgrounds look amazing in this game. I think yeah, the stage design mm-hmm. looks amazing. I think the enemy sprites in this game, besides some questionable enemies that don't make any sense, like the, the rolling donuts that I call them. Um, I think they yeah, yeah I think the they actually did a pretty good job on all the sprites, like even the bosses. But when you look at the turtles. They are like 
blank husks of something. Like, they are very poorly animated, like, besides their walking animation. Yeah. And um, the thing that they did do was for uh, Raphael and for Michelangelo, they actually do... Um, make the the nunchaka swing or the the side swing around when you're walking but besides that they're pretty Mm -hmm. much well what three sprite uh three animation sprite well i don't know what i'm saying yeah i I feel like the animation is where it looks the worst i think the turtles look they look kind of derpy but uh i think they look pretty good they're really big sprites too um but uh yeah the animation i feel like is where this game could be deceiving as a bad <clears throat> game when you first play it. Like everything moves really slow. The jump is really weird. The attacks are really like, there's only like the one attack and the kick and stuff. So you'd think they like, eh, this isn't going to be very fun, but it, it is a really fun game. And I thought it was kind of going to be really dumb at the, in the beginning, yeah. um, but I really did grow to like this yeah. game quite a bit. The, the I think my biggest issue is the is the attention to detail on everything. Like if you look at the stages, like the bricks, you can see all individual bricks in the cracks and the, you know, the, the degradation of the bricks. Like if you're on like the pipes, you can see like the highlighting of the pipes and like all the detail, of the pipes, even the enemies, like the, uh, the foot clan, like all of their, like the armor is very well detailed. Rocksteady and bebop are very well detailed. Oh yeah. But then you look at the turtle and it's like, Here's an outline of what the turtles <laughs> yes. looked like. But we didn't have time to finish detailing the turtle. So use your imagination. And I was like, all right, well, it seems like the main thing of the whole game just didn't get <laughs> finished. Um, I think that's probably like that was the first standout thing to me was mm-hmm. just everything around the turtle was exceptionally detailed and very well done. But the turtle itself just wasn't. It just seemed like the turtle wasn't done. It just seemed like it was a placeholder, yeah. and they ran out of time and pushed it live. I think the thing that first kind of gave me a little bit of uh, alarm bells was how kind of basic the uh, character select and stage select, because you can start with any of the five stages in the beginning of the game, no matter if you've never played it before at all, but it's just it's just text, so it, it's pretty blank, and I thought, oh, no, this, right, this yeah. is not good. Uh, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised with this game yeah and i remember diving into the game and being here like the music the music was was, the music throughout the entire game is phenomenal Mm -hmm. in my opinion uh one one of the better osts on game boy um but just like seeing the animation of the turtle too it was also just really spiky because when you jump, like you just lift up your leg just a little bit mm-hmm. every time, and when you jump, you're really floaty when you jump yeah. as well too. It reminded when me of those walk, old like, like tiger handhelds where like you yeah, had the minimal yeah, animation, yeah, yeah. so just like only one part of him could move at a time. Yep, and you had like the three animation sprite while walking, and like a lot of times when you're swinging. It was just like you swung, but like sometimes the hitboxes wouldn't like just register, so mm-hmm. you just get hit for no reason whatsoever. Uh, you're just like, all right, well, that's cool. But other than that, though, like the sprite work outside of the turtle, phenomenal. And honestly, the 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 cutscenes in between the stages are actually very well done. Um, I don't know. I, I I just had a problem with the turtle sprite and the animation. That was the two biggest jarring things mm-hmm. to me while going into the game. Um, 
but um, going into the the sewers, like you, we 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 completely change up the uh, the music going into the sewers, which is actually a really interesting sc- screen transition too, because like it doesn't it doesn't like slow roll into um into another scene, kind of like a sorry mo Met- Metroidvania <laughs> game, but. Uh, <laughs> But it also doesn't like take its time to like understand that it's a completely different stage. Like it's a pretty quick blip into like a whole nother part of the actual level sequence. And the whole music just changes on a dime mm-hmm. uh to to this mm-hmm. to the sewer. Mm-hmm. Which which when I first heard this song, I was just like, Oh, this is very unique compared to what I would expect in a Turtles game. Because like when I think Turtles game, I think high action high tempo just like rock and roll type music throughout this entire thing and then i hear the sewer song and it's like all right this kind of gives me a little bit of like a mario vibe but at the same time it's also like kind of like a horror thrilling into my ear right now too <laughs> um yeah it's it's a dreadful song yeah, for sure like it, it like all the music and we'll be definitely talking about each track when we get to it um it really sets the tone of the place you're in and that's a really yeah good job that you can also see in in the composer's other games like she definitely knows what she is writing music for yeah right and yeah at first i don't think i had listened to the soundtrack before i played the game uh so i wasn't sure what to expect and then with the first level kind of getting like the the turtles theme i was like oh no is it going to be <laughs> Every level is going to be like a different take on the turtles thing because I've heard that in some games, like yeah. uh, like uh, Goldeneye has like a lot of uh, like James Bond mixed into every track, and you're like, oh, okay, but they did it really well. Um, but you know, obviously, a lot of Game Boy games didn't get the attention they deserved, and sometimes licensed games were just kind of a grab for money. So I was like, oh man, is this going to be is this going to be what we're going to listen to? But I was pleasantly surprised when we got to that second part that I was just like, wow, this is this is going to be good. Uh, and then he faced off against Rocksteady as the <clears throat> as the stage one boss, which kind of a joke mm. in my opinion. Um, I don't yeah. know. I didn't have much problems with Rocksteady. Basically, you kind of just get into his face and hit him. You're kind yeah. of okay. If, if yeah. you take too much uh, of it, this, this he will shoot at you with his uh, machine gun. Um, so you have yeah. to. Yeah. But I think that's a good first start. Like. Uh, I agree. Because yeah. if they would have picked, if they would have made the game where you had to, you could pick any level, but you eventually had to beat them all, then I think that could be a problem with picking some uh, bosses first, or even designing the game to work like that. But I thought Rocksteady was, uh, it was fun, a character that you knew, and uh, um, it, it was not too bad. So it kind of gave you this this feeling of, all right, let's keep going. We can we can get a little further now. Yeah, I was glad that they chose bosses from the Turtles, actually, too, because, like, I, I can recall playing licensed games and then and them and bosses being nothing from the actual, like, movie mm-hmm. or show or anything at all. And so I was, when I saw Rocksteady, I was immediately like, oh, sweet, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm going to expect Bebop, you know? Mm-hmm. And But after that, like, I don't want to expect Krang and Shredder, but like after that, I don't know what bosses to expect afterwards. Like, am I gonna get the Fly? Am I gonna get Sewer King? Like, am I, what am I gonna get yeah. afterwards? So, I thought that was actually pretty cool. I think that because of the cartoon, they had a ton 
of characters they could pick from. <laughs> yeah. but I think it's I think it's funny that Baxter is like <laughs> becomes like a major boss in the games <laughs> like all the time. Just some dopey scientist that turns into a fly. But um, so yeah, then after you uh, beat down Rocksteady. I think it depends on what turtle that you chose. Uh, you get a little cutscene afterwards of the the turtle posing, and then it goes into another player select screen again, and then you, you can choose what turtle you want to go with next yeah. again. Uh, stage two, the actual, the, the actual, the sewer of your dreams. Uh, yeah, again taken from the manual. That's what they call. Did they, did they put actual in there too? Oh, that's no, that's <laughs> what I said because, like, because you go to the sewers in the first stage. I had um, the manual, and this one they call the sewer of your dreams, but I think it's a factory or something. So I'm not I sure the what's going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the, the I thought it was kind of neat the way that the levels were broken up. How like the first level you kind of get into like a totally different area and then the second level feels like it kind of continues from what I remember. So it it's weird. It feels like the levels are like staggered, but the number of the level doesn't change yet. So yeah, they're kind of interconnected, but yeah, this one, like, I don't know why they call it a sewer. Like for me, it was always a factory. And when I look at the, the music list, like, I guess these are just what people put there as a title mm -hmm. for the for the songs they also call it lower factory and upper factory and yeah i, I always felt like it was more mm -hmm. of a factory yeah i always it. called it the factory stage because it had it had, had crushers yeah. in it i can't think of any sewers mm -hmm. that would have a crusher in it so you gotta you gotta squish the yeah. poop absolutely <laughs> you gotta squish the poop i got radical rescue that's not follow the clan um this is what happens when you're not prepared. <laughs> I didn't expect to like want to pull up my manual. I have a Burger Time Deluxe manual. Great. Shit, you not. <laughs> oh, I have so many goddamn manuals. Um. So yeah, like when you first start off into the sewer state. Oh god, um, a bunch of manuals just almost fell. Um. <laughs> I have so many Game Boy manuals. Uh, when you first start off in the stage, like, the background of it is, like, a worn-down warehouse. Like, there's a lot of, like, holes and cracks in the mm -hmm. walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, like, as you're progressing through, you're introduced to, like, these crusher blocks, basically, like, these, like, pistons coming from the ceiling and the floor trying to crush you. Um, but outside of that, it's not too terribly bad. Like, if you just kind of, like, walk slowly through it, it's not all terrible. And you can duck, uh, and, right? When they yeah, actually can, crush you? Yeah, you can duck underneath them as yeah. well, too. Uh, the biggest issue to this stage, in my opinion, are the flying enemies. Like, you get, like, these propeller oh, flies yeah. that come at you that kind of, like, do, like, a little swivel move. Uh, those things mm -hmm, drive mm -hmm. me absolutely insane. And then eventually you get the uh, the Black Wheel of Doom chasing you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which you can jump over. I think you can even, like... I don't, I don't know if you can hit it or not, but... But no, no, they're totally impervious. But to the way like the jumping over works <laughs> is that like your jumping is floaty, so you think you'd have an advantage to jump over it. Mm -hmm. But if you like hit the ceiling, you don't quite make it all the way. <laughs> Sometimes, like if yeah. you have to like time your jump yeah. like just right to get over these wheels, and I don't, and I don't think if I remember right, they don't 
they move quite a distance vertically, but not horizontally, right? So it's they they jump up really high, but they don't yeah, move indeed. very far forward in the jump. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Mega Man, like you can get yeah. a good size jump, but you you're only jumping like a couple tiles forward. Um, yeah, and, it's not crazy. And I remember the hitboxes being quite large on the the turtles, so it was pretty easy to like you jump a little too late. Um, something like that and you end up uh or you, you come down and you still end up catching the backside of the, the enemy but uh i remember that the controls felt a little odd and i had to go and switch to the like the b setting or whatever where uh, it flipped attack yes. and uh, because it just felt so weird playing as this like within the standard controls so uh, and the jumping was the, the big thing i kept just mixing them up i'd go to jump and i'd, I'd hit attack and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah it switches it up at the start. Like the normal controls are B is jump and A is attack, but of course that is totally ridiculous for any mm-hmm. game. Sure. So you definitely want to switch. I that mean, if that's up, the only so. game you've ever played. Then uh-huh. sure, I'm sure you get used to it. But yeah, when yeah, most yeah. other games are not that. It's 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 like <clears throat> trying to play with a controller upside down or something. Like it's weird. Yeah. Speaking of the hitboxes, like nobody has ever done like. Uh, a study of them in this game but they are very questionable uh to say mm-hmm. uh, the least in this game like it's not your entire turtle that is a hitbox it's more like it's a rectangle spread out through the bottom part of your body um i think it, it cuts off like right under the chin of the turtle or something like that but then it expands beyond uh the actual mm-hmm. sprite and it it is really weird because when you trying to jump over enemies, sometimes you get hit while they're technically not even close to you. But um, other times you just jump through an enemy, even though it clearly yeah. hit you. So it's kind of weird to get used to. But I noticed um, that for attacks too. And that's why like, a lot uh, of sometimes pe- an enemy would be touching your sprite and you attack them, and because the attack animation is pretty quick, but uh, and it, you yeah. wouldn't take damage. And there's other times where you would hit them. And you clearly hit them, but it wouldn't register, and then they would bump into you. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. so horrible. And it's not unplayable. It's just a little. It it feels like a an old game, <laughs> I guess. It, yeah, it definitely. Does. And it is a pretty pretty early game as well, so you can can uh, yeah <laughs> blame it on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the same thing with the ceiling. Um, you can actually jump through a ceiling going vertically but you cannot move horizontally through Mm. a ceiling you get stopped by it which is also very weird like why would that be even a thing if you can jump through it anyways like either stop you from jumping through it completely uh or something but i guess it's because of the size of the sprites and they wanted to give you at least a way to avoid certain enemies by jumping over them but uh yeah because you travel so uh slowly forwards during your jump you usually get hit anyways, yeah because that's so. one of the things you notice right from the bat of this game is that the turtles are quite large especially for a game boy game <laughs> especially if you've played like uh, the first like super mario land where mario's like itty bitty and then yeah. you have this gigantic turtle taking up a huge portion of the screen um uh, and i think in the what in the later iterations of the turtle games the, the sprite gets a little bit smaller but uh it's it's um in the second one is actually even is it? bigger than in this one i don't think i played yeah, the second it's, game it's way yeah. bigger it takes up half of the screen uh <laughs> but the hitboxes are improved for sure and things like that so um it does make it a little bit easier to to get through it 
yeah so this stage also introducing some decent amount of platforming too because you had to jump over pits and then you have I guess you can call them potaboos, but you had the fireballs that jumped out of the pits too. See me like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know any fireballs that live in a sewer. I could expect some fireballs in some yeah, factories. Eat though. some, uh, eat some Taco Bell. That's you true. Might have some fireballs in the sewer. <laughs> that is true. Get some Diablo sauce on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the but the biggest pet peeve I have with that little section too, because that's towards like the middle end of the stage is that there's the falling ceiling blocks at the top, mm-hmm. but they, they mm-hmm. don't flash, they don't do anything, they just look like a normal ceiling block that's a little bit lower. But if you touch it, you get hurt, and it yeah. falls. So it can actually hit you twice if you're not if you're, if you're you're not careful. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. nice beginner's trap here. Or like sometimes like the, the way that the screen moves is that it move, it follows the turtle up. Like it keeps the turtle centered, which most of the time is, is pretty nice. But... As you're walking, these ceiling tiles are above the, the plane of view, mm-hmm. and they'll fall out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're just like, where did that come from? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed like, for me, the, the best beginner playthrough strat was itty-bitty steps at a time. Just go slow, wait for stuff to come on the screen, kill it, and then move a little bit yeah. forward and wait and wait. So <laughs> it, it was going like a lot. It was pretty slow, which I guess could be a little bit boring but if you want to get through it then at least learn where stuff is at then that seemed like a pretty good way to go yeah i always just jump kicked everywhere like if i was jump, if i was jumping <laughs> yes. over a pit jump kicking like i don't mm-hmm. know what's in between these platforms yeah you might like, as well might as well attack if you're gonna if you're gonna jump um and then the boss for this is bebop mm-hmm. uh bebop is a pretty easy fight um it's going to shoot and charge at you, so it's, it has like this, I don't know what kind of gun you want to call it, wave gun, I guess. It shoots like three pulses at you. Um, yeah. You can jump in between the pulses, it's pretty easy, or jump over all three if you're on the other side of the screen. You kick Bebop in the face, um, then he's going to walk to the other side of the screen, rinse and repeat the attack, basically. A very, very easy fight as well, too. Uh, just understand that you just have to jump over the jump over the Cheerios, kick him in the face. Mm-hmm. He's gonna shoot again. Jump I don't over remember him, in this game face. if if you deal damage to the boss and they're in their invincibility frames, can they still? Do you still take damage? You bump into him. No. Okay, no, that's you that's what I thought I remembered. Yeah, because yeah. I thought that was I kind of ended up doing that a little bit. It was like hit them and kind of just walk through them, and get on the other side of them, stuff like that. Yeah, and then once you once you take down Bebop. Um, all four, all four turtles magically appear and jump out of a jump out of the sewer. So I guess you are yeah. in the sewer technically. <laughs> I guess so under, you, the, under the under yeah. under the ground. You jump out of a sewer and it says, "Oh no, they escaped by car." But the turtles in this cutscene, I'm looking at it right now, they look very anorexic. <laughs> they look like I maybe don't know. you were in a literal poop factory. Oh, maybe. <laughs> But like, like again, like everything around them is fairly well detailed, mm-hmm. and the turtles are just <laughs> jarringly undetailed. Just like it looks like something that would haunt you your dreams. Like in the bandanas, like the two front standing turtles are um, Donatello, it looks like, and Leonardo, of course, um, and their eyes are just white dots and like these dark bandanas, and they're just like staring at you, just like <laughs> piercing into your soul. And you're just like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that's a it's a jarring image as well. But we didn't talk about the music all much. So in stage two, we had the lower <laughs> factory, I guess is what it's called. Um, yeah, where you're in the I guess the poop section. <laughs> um, pretty calming music, honestly. It just seems like there's not going to be much going on. Like it's just a casual stroll through some poop. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has some nice little like t- like jazzy bits to it, but otherwise, like it doesn't make you like think you're going to fight the entire Foot Clan. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's that's nice to get what you don't expect. Because um, I think a lot of the, especially in the music for games, uh, the there's just so much that's like everything, like all fire sounds like this, all ice levels sound like this. And and I think what some of the, mm-hmm. the great soundtracks do is it, it's just something totally unexpected. Like if you listen to any of David Wise's Donkey Kong stuff, like yeah. it is most of it does not sound which, like what you would expect that game to have and it just is so refreshing to see so i think sometimes having games just be so intense all the time because uh, obviously later in the game you're going to get to the bigger boss fights and the the more dangerous levels i think that's when it's nice to have um, all that tension and you kind of build up in the beginning you're kind of learning the controls so sometimes i think in beginning levels if it's more calm and kind of like more like happy or excited like hey you're doing it you're, you're getting there and then later on when it gets hard then it's like oh yeah this is hard like listen to how mean <laughs> this song is <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah but like it's, it's also interesting too so like we did talk about like once you get to the end of a stage or a part of a stage if it's not the boss you'll either jump up through the ceiling or you'll mm-hmm. jump down through the floor mm-hmm. um in stage two, you once you finish the first part of it, you jump up into the upper part of the, I guess sewer fat whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's the same song basically, but the tempo is faster, and it has a bit more like rhythm to the song as it goes on too. Like it's as if like you're getting yeah. it's picking up like something yeah. is about to happen. And that's what's I, I've noticed that with this game too, like even those transitions to the the second parts of the level or even to the new levels and stuff like that, it's it's a nice thing because some games just don't. They just you just walk to the end and then it just fades out and you start the next level. So it gives you that feeling that this is all interconnected and it's not just a bunch of random levels, even though they have different um, scenes and backgrounds and stuff. Uh, then. The music kind of does that too. It it continues to ramp up and give you more the further you get. So it's it's like a reward. And I like when music and other audio stuff is used like that, where it's not just the game gets harder as more of a reward. Like you you get more audio and stuff. So I think that's that's neat, and it kind of helps with that progression, that feeling that everything's connected. Yeah, I I hundred percent. Especially if you're gonna do something like stage one like you start off in a back alley and then you're gonna go down into a sewer or like even in like stage two like you're in the lower part of a sewer mm-hmm. and then you jump up and now you're in the upper part of a of a sewer like it's all connected it's all one bundle it's not like yeah. stage one lower factory stage two upper factory stage three middle you know it's not disconnected it's not yeah. it's not disjointed like that or if you so. play like game Bo- like batman on game boy like every level is has a different theme but they don't feel connected you don't feel like you traveled from one area to the oh, other yeah. whereas this one it feels like you kind of do like even though it's a 
can be kind of a stark change to the new scene, uh, it still feels like you traveled there and you got there by progressing through the game instead of oh, you beat the level and now, oh, yay, you're in a totally different location that could be, you know, halfway across town. Or you don't know. Like, so it kind of adds to the immersion, I guess, for a Game Boy game, which is, you know, it's pretty rare. Especially an early 90s Game Boy game. So It probably did that because it was so early, though. <laughs> they didn't fall into a lot of the tropes that a lot of yeah. you know, games were doing where it's just, hey, you just, now you're underwater. Okay, how do we get there? <laughs> And then uh, once you enter, once you enter any boss, you get the you get the boss. But you, you gotta you gotta have a boss battle theme. Mm-hmm. You just got to. Yeah. Um, and this is where like the music is really quick, really less like intense, like almost anxiety inducing. If you're brand new to the game, you're just like, oh my god, like I have to hurry up and like start pressing a bunch of buttons really quickly. And then whenever you hit the hit the boss, you hear this like wham noise too. Like this like a jarring, this like loud pitch during like this high tempo, like high anxiety song too. Like it's I don't know, it's it's a lot sometimes. It, mm-hmm. it is like for me, like that when it comes to that type of music, it get, it gets that kind of disjoints me personally because like you had this nice slowish music in stage two, and all of a sudden like you get into bebop and now you get like this I, I'm not a music person, high tempo, in your face, like rock and roll song all of a sudden, and you have bebop shooting shooting at you, walking at you, and like if you're a first time player and like especially as if if you're a kid, mm-hmm. like that that gets your adrenaline rolling. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter, it, you know. It makes you panic a little bit so it's harder to to sit there and, and recognize their yeah. probably very easy to recognize pattern <laughs> and, and beat them. But I think it also adds to the sense of being a turtle like those other bosses the other enemies that you fought throughout the level they're they're a joke like don't worry about it and then when you get to you know bebop or or rocksteady or something you're just like oh wait a minute this is like a this is like a boss that has a name a character that has a name so uh maybe i need to worry about them a little bit more so uh, but yeah as a kid that would that would definitely be the the thing with the boss music is very stress inducing very make you panic and then you're just like maybe go in there with you know not perfect health and you're already sweating it and and then uh, it makes you have to do it a few times to figure out. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, man, whoops. It just makes you figure out, oh, man, this is so easy. <laughs> like, they're, you just stay too close. You know, stay close to them or, you know, do this or that. It's, it, it, they, they are easy fights, too. But it's just like the fact that that, that music is is rolling. You're just like, oh, God, like your, your mind goes a thousand miles an hour. So mm-hmm. you're, you're not thinking straight. But, like, in reality, like, Bebop has two attacks that you can just jump over. Like, it's not a hard fight by any means at all, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like if you've seen any of those movies or movie trailers that have uh, different music dubbed to them, you could easily make, you know, a movie like 300 seem like some 80s buddy comedy by, you know, cutting the yeah. cutting the, the, the trailer up differently yeah. and adding different music. And it's just music sets such a tone. I, <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, obviously visuals set a, a good tone. You know, Game Boy was pretty limited in some of its visual capacity right. for mood setting, so music was kind of where it, where it really needed to be. And unfortunately, some games didn't take music very seriously, and other games maybe took it a little too seriously and and missed out on some of the mechanics. But uh, um, I think some games that find it really that do it really well uh, turn out to be really endearing, whether the game has flaws or not. Yeah, I definitely know what trailer's talking about. I watched one where they made Forrest Gump into a horror movie. That was actually <laughs> really funny. Um, yeah. But, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, mo- like, but like moving on to stage three, though, they call it the highway. I, as a kid, I called it the train level. I don't know why, but it, it like because like all the <laughs> trucks are just like connected. Like it's mm-hmm. literally like rush hour yeah. traffic. You know, like yeah. now they're all bumper to bumper. They were trucks, but yeah, it seemed like it, you know it wasn't. There wasn't really that gap between them, so it was essentially right. a train level. No. Yeah, but like, well, in my manual, it said that it's Queens. I don't know why it's Queens, but apparently See, it's that, Queens. That level should have been called Traffic Jam. Yeah, yeah, and, and it could have yeah, originally so. been called Traffic Jam. Somebody, uh, you know, mistranslated or or attributed it to the wrong level, and maybe the first one should have been Queens, and the third one should have been Traffic Jam. That makes a lot more sense, actually, because like Queens is just a neighborhood, right, where people live. Mm-hmm. Not, I think so. Yeah, not a highway yeah, or, or like anything a, yeah, like it can be that. From so. Queens. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it, they did change. Uh, Somebody yeah, screwed up. Accidentally <laughs> changed it when when printing the manual. That makes a lot Some of sense. Konami, Konami, it's always something with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is like the not only the easiest stage in the game, but also the shortest. Real stage short, in the game, yeah. yeah. Which is goes by kind of a fast. shame too, because like even though like there's actually not a ton of detail to the stage at all, like in terms of just like. Mm background atmosphere mm-hmm. but like the fact that they actually took the time and put some like clouds in a skyline in mm-hmm. the background is actually really cool and it just it keep, even though it, it's a repeating scroll it's still nicely done it adds a nice touch yeah. to it as if like you're on a bridge like you're fighting yeah because without something. that you would just it would just look like static trucks like it would just seem like you're walking across yeah. a traffic jam but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it, it it definitely adds a lot to that uh, background whether it's repeating or not it just it makes it feel faster and more interesting but it is it, kind of an interesting choice for a level because you know the previous levels had a lot of platforming whether you know vertical or horizontal and um when you kind of do like these train levels type you know there's it's pretty much just left to right and there's not a lot of platforming it's it, it can tend to be a kind of a boring um, like level on paper. And so yeah. you have to kind of make it exciting uh, with the enemy encounters and stuff like that. So it's probably why they made it so short, honestly, because like in stages one and two, like if you get to the end of like one screen, you ended up progressing to a different screen before mm-hmm. you'd face the boss. But yeah. in Queens or highway or whatever you want to call it, the, the, the uh, train stage you uh once you get to the end you jump up and you you face baxter like you get to fight the fly like there's mm-hmm. no like other parts like you don't go into the trucks at all like the beds of the trucks like you don't like jump off of the high like there's just none of that at all it's just like okay we hit the final truck now we're gonna fight you know Baxter. you know mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. all right um and even still like that fight itself is uh, I don't know, kind of a joke. Uh, it does, he does like a little, he, he shoots five shots, basically. He shoots a try shot, and then he shoots a dual shot. And if you're on the ground, he's going to dip down, similar to like Krako. If you ever played Kirby's Dreamland and got to Bubbly Clouds and fought Krako, Krako swoops down. He, he'll do that, but if you jump up in the air... While he's shooting his five shots, or like after his five shots, he'll actually just fly across the top of the screen. Um, 
And after a few hits, you know, he falls down head first and you know, that's that's the end of the stage. And then depending on the turtle that you chose, Raphael, let's just be fair, um, it's gonna show <laughs> Raphael, you know, in a pose. A very well detailed turtle pose, mind you. Yep. Uh, and it's gonna say, Here's the river, let's chase him because apparently we just jumped off of the bridge or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But the uh, the music in this stage, man, it, it matches, like, the music for this stage matches perfectly of what's happening mm-hmm. in this stage. Because the background is flying Absolutely. so fast, you know, like, it's like, it looks like you're going a thousand miles an hour. Because the background is scrolling so quickly, you're jumping from truck to truck, you know, you're fighting all the foot clan, mm-hmm. and the music for the stage is super quick. Like, it's, it's yeah. fast, it has a lot, it's high tempo high you know high uh, impact everything like everything that you could possibly want in a yeah. fast paced stage this song hits yeah um, and and like i said before without uh, some of those elements this stage would be super boring yeah <laughs> like you, you don't really have you know anything to go anywhere to go up or down and uh you know part of the screen is even taken up with the trucks themselves so you don't even have as much space as you probably normally would and and without that scrolling background and that intense music, you just feel like you're just literally in like a traffic jam, just walking across cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stage one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, of course, the normal boss battle music. But uh, and then we go into stage four, which, in my opinion, this is the worst stage of the yeah. entire game. Um, I, there's, I have a specific reason why I don't like this stage. It's just the, the diagonals. Uh, yep. Like the, like it's so hard mm. walking down the diagonals. It's so dumb. Um, it, it looks nice, but I feel like they just shouldn't have had them. My, my two least favorite things of this stage is, is the diagonals. And then if you, if once you're underwater, you have to trying to jump up and hit enemies is just impossible because you're so much more floaty mm-hmm. underwater. You're just like, oh, this is obnoxious. You have no control of your turtle at all. It's like this is insanely obnoxious, and I do not like this stage. Yeah, if you don't change your timing, <laughs> then it's just going to cause you to get hit, or so you have to like get get used to being underwater. Uh, and it, yeah, and those diagonals just make it terrible. You you take like a half a step, and it's like somebody's on you, and it's like I just want to move. Yeah. Like, can I get out of here, please? And there's yeah, and the, the oh oh, I was no, just gonna say, and they're like all over the place. There's like so many of these little ramps underwater, and yep. they look really nice. It's yeah. just it wasn't like coded to feel like a ramp. Like it it feels like you're taking steps, and uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, like, once you get in the bottom of the river, it's just water and ground and and there's not much to see otherwise. Like, it's not detailed. Whereas the start of the stage, it it starts pretty cool. You're at the bed of the Mm -hmm. river. Um, Logs are floating by. You can jump on them. You have a nice background and things like that. But yeah, once you hit those, and luckily there are only two parts uh, where you go actually into the river completely. It's just mm-hmm. water, and that's that's basically. Yeah, they could have had some neat, uh, like just some more detail. Uh, but I guess it, some of the lack of the detail makes it feel like dark, murky water. I guess you don't really see a whole lot. Um, but yeah, it, it, that whole section was just kind of a pain. Um, but yeah, like you said, the beginning of the level was really cool. You could get up on a log, 
and the foot soldier would get stuck down below and then you're like oh sweet like i'm okay like you can take a little breather mm-hmm, but and mm-hmm. then you can jump from log to log or you end up back in the water so it, it was it was neat uh for a level that's mostly just kind of flat horizontal and um the river like going under could have been nice it could have been really neat but it just ended up feeling like not fun uh so you just couldn't wait to get out of it not yeah. fun just because it was hard it was just it just didn't seem to be working properly and they throw so much at you mm-hmm. like there's there is no rest in this stage at all like between if you take two steps you have like two two jumping foot clan guys coming at you you have piranha fish of all yeah. things coming at you you have these stupid tires that magically know how to roll <laughs> underneath water like hitting you then you have like those giant balls of doom again that come at you it's like oh can we just have like a little bit of break please just let me yeah. you know catch my breath or just have like four steps of just peace and calm but no like it's just it's a constant constant barrage of enemies and another bad part is like when you're on those logs like the logs are close to the top of the screen where some of these like cheerios or tires i guess are falling from mm-hmm. and like sometimes you just don't have time to react to it because the log is pulling you backwards as you're trying to jump forward you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just I don't know. Like it, it, they had a lot of potential to make that river part really cool because you're a turtle, you know. Right. But I mean, I can give it some slack. It's the first turtle game on the Game Boy, very early on. But at the same time, we just went through three stages with high detail, um, very well thought out level design for the most part, and three very just unique stages to begin mm-hmm. with. And now we go into this mm-hmm. river stage where it's basically just a whole hold right gauntlet of enemies that come at you. And it's like, all right. Yeah. It's, it, and, and it's not super well detailed. Absolutely not. The good thing though, again, is the music in mm-hmm. this stage, which for me literally just screams like uh, floating down a raft on a river or even uh, one of those theme park rides where you're on a log yeah, or something. Yeah. There's just some tone in the music for this stage. It just, it just shows that you're not just in a water level per se, but just like a fun floaty ride on yeah. water or something like that. So that's that's really well done. Yeah, because well. one thing that the cartoon really did was it always made it seem like the turtles were having fun no matter what type of situation they were in. So mm-hmm. translating that to the game, it, it made it feel fun. Like even though it was kind of brutal, um, you know, the turtles seemed like they were smiling, like they were having a good time. Yeah. So uh, it kind of added to that that feeling of, okay, let's just let's keep going. Let's, let's keep going a little bit. And uh, I really liked that uh, you could pick whatever level you wanted to for it from the beginning. So say you played a bunch and you never got very far into the the ravine level, you could just jump right mm-hmm. to it. And whenever you started, you didn't have to worry about writing down passwords or, or any saves or anything like that. So, um, or if like you could kind of play through the game like that, like, Oh, I got a game over in the third level. Okay. Let's start with the third level with all my lives and then work my way forward. And then, Oh, okay. I got a game over in the fourth level. Let's start back at the fourth level. So, um, so some of those levels, like the ravine, where it's kind of a gauntlet, it just it it was it was nice to let you to continue and uh, you know try out all the levels, see how fun they are, and listen to all the music. That was one thing that I really liked when I first played this was 
uh, I had quite a few game over so I could just kind of hop around and see like, oh, what is this level like? All right, this is cool. Um, let me try to get to the next level. Yeah, I like how the manual calls this the waste dump ravine, but in the cutscene before <laughs> this stage, they call it a river. <laughs> river. So that's that's New York <laughs> for you, apparently. Uh, yeah. But the nice part is, like, once you're done with the, I guess, river segment. Also, the music, by the way, reminds me a lot of of when you're playing Battletoads. I don't. For those listening, I hate Battletoads. I despise that game. Um, all for all, all forms of Battletoads, yeah, all of them. I really liked the uh, the first one on Game Boy. Uh, oh, the, the, the original, original one. one that yeah. one's the better of them. <laughs> um, yeah, the original one. Yeah, that's that's the one I, I like a lot. I haven't played I, the, the other. I ones. do like battle. I like I do like Battletoads and Double Dragon, but I, I just I end up playing as the Double Dragon guys anyway because I don't like Battletoads. So it just it becomes a Double Dragon <laughs> game for me. Um, but anyway, it reminds me of the uh, the jet ski or surfing part of Battletoads. Uh-huh. Like that music reminds me of that part of, of the game a lot. Like whenever we are in Battletoads in that water segment, it's like it's super fast paced, but it's kind of fun because you're on a jet ski or on a surfboard, or whatever it is, and you're like you're having fun in the water, you're having a good time, mm-hmm. wet and wild, wherever it is you want to be. The music for the turtles reminds me of that a little bit. Which is might be another reason why I don't like this day. <laughs> so it reminds me of Battletoads. <laughs> yeah. But um, once you end, once you get to the end of the river segment, though, you jump up and you're into basically the ca- a cave, which is the the same same music as uh, well, it's just it's as the sewers. sewers. From yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Stage. Um, which is good because, like, again, you get that dreadful feeling while going mm-hmm. through it. Um, but sadly, this is the most boring yeah. stage to look at ever because it's really just the floor. Yeah. There's yeah. no background at all. Spawning. I feel like the the yeah. last couple stages kind of uh, it seemed like they ran out of steam as far as the detail goes. But uh, but yeah, it. But you feel like you know. I mean, when you first start the game, you know there's five levels, so you know you're in the second to last level. So I, I think like leading up to the boss you're just like oh man when is when is it gonna be shredder like i'm afraid of shredder and then you know you're like <laughs> boom it's shredder well it's just like it's so weird too like if you look at the screen like the foreground is very nicely detailed <laughs> like the ground and the yeah. ceiling are very nicely detailed and there it is no there's a, a small gradient of dark gray to white in the background that's it there's no texture mm-hmm. at all maybe it's, it's meant like, to make oh. the cave feel expansive like make it feel big oh maybe yeah but this also introduces my the second worst enemy in the game and it's those jumping robot things that bite a hold of your butt and don't let go oh, yeah. are those the mausers yeah yeah, the oh, yeah. they're scene. terrible in any game, but they're they're so cute. They're these tiny little robots. Uh, yeah, they're cute until they get a hold of you, and you have to swing thirty two times to get them off of you. Yeah, when they just pop out of the ground out of nowhere, too. You're just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, cool, where'd you come from? Their placement is pretty ridiculous, but this, once again, this, they're cute little robots. This level also introduced like these little like star diamond things too. And they place them in the most mm-hmm. opportune parts too, where you have to jump over the wheel of doom while while kicking. And sometimes they bring two of them onto the screen at you at once. And like, there's just so much happening again. Like, it's just 
a gauntlet of enemies coming at you. So you're like you're just thinking like, okay, what's the next enemy going to be? Like we haven't seen the Tecmodrome at all yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen any major like hideouts yet. You know, we face against Baxter. Okay, like who's next, right? So yeah, I don't know. Like the the whole section here was just kind of kind of just I don't I just I didn't like it. Like it, there was a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. There was a ton to do, but it was just, there was no break at all, and, like, everything coming at you, just, like, you had, like, a small window of opportunity to not get hit by anything at all. Like, if you were going to die a lot on any stage, it's stage four. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Definitely the hardest stage, yeah. yeah. But, of course, yeah, that that entire boring section leads up to, uh, to the Shredder fight. Um... And it's it's definitely the hardest fight in the game, in my opinion. Um, mostly because of his uh, ability to teleport uh, throughout the room. And while he's doing that, he's still in his invulnerability yep. frames. And if you don't know how to jump correctly... Um, like, all Shredder does is, is basically swing his sword or another katana or whatever he's holding to you uh but it's really hard to avoid that thing it's, if you don't know what his sword doing. has some reach man <clears throat> yeah it seemed like uh for that fight from what i remember it's more um patience and opportunity it's it's definitely not like uh yeah. just like attack attack <laughs> it's like sneak yeah. in get out get away like don't try to get too greedy it's like as soon as he it's like as soon as he walks in you have to hit and immediately start running away because like you have like the because your turtle walks super slow, and you have just enough time to hit Shredder with like the little the end of your weapon, and get away from him while he swings his sword to not get hit. Right. And mind you, you have eight hit points. Each hit is what one or two damage. Well, for Shredder, it's two. Like all the other bosses, it's one. Uh, yep. one but as we're getting to like the big boss fights. Uh, Shredder does two damage, so you can take a maximum of four hits. Yeah. Uh, yep. Depending on what on what you had before entering the fight, that is. And then each uh, to, to each enemy, I believe, only has five hit points. So it it seems like you have the advantage of having more hit points. But the Shredder fight, his his reach with that sword is insane on how far mm-hmm. he can hit you. Mm-hmm. And and when you lose a turtle, it is a jarring noise. It's like it's like, oh I don't like that noise at all. Yeah. So you know, and then it shows a cutscene of the turtle like in a fetal position basically like, <laughs> oh God, no, not like this. Yeah. Yeah, because like a lot of the turtle games, I don't we didn't mention this before, but a lot of the turtle games, the turtles act as the lives. So you yeah. lose one turtle, they yeah. get captured or whatever, and that's so you have essentially four lives in the game. To, you know, infinite continues because you just can start from whatever level you wanted to. But, um, but yeah, it's it it sucks. It always felt bad losing a turtle, especially if you were always playing as your favorite turtle, yeah. and then that was the one you lost first. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I gotta play as Leonardo. But uh, something we didn't talk about either is when once you've defeated a boss in this game, you get the nice little jingle of da 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 da, and it moves on to the next. You know, and it moves on to the the, the, the next stage screen. Yeah. Uh, and fighting Shredder, like we said, like he teleports around, and it, his teleporting is kind of random. Like if he's on one side of the screen, he'll probably end up on the other side of the screen. But you don't yeah. know how far away from the edge he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like there is some traveling as well too. So like Shredder will walk at you if you are too far away. 
and your oppor- your window of opportunity to hit him if he's walking at you is even smaller than if you can meet him at the end of his teleport. But again, you have to be mm-hmm. careful because while he's teleporting, while he's still flashing, he's in iframes. You can't hurt him at all. So you have right. to wait for him to become a solid sprite to hurt him. It's actually a pr- it's actually a, a pretty tough fight. And it's a lot of just what what man over uh, what man over Mars said. It's just it's patience. Like you have to have a lot of patience for this fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after uh, finally beating Shredder, uh, which again, this is one of the harder fights in the game, um, it's time to finally head into uh, the actual Technodrome. Yeah, it's it's funny that the Technodrome is always like the final, it seems like always is the final area. Um, but yeah, we were talking earlier about how the um, the levels kind of progress and become less populated uh like visually and I, I remember the technodrome being kind of underwhelming in like the way that it looks as well yeah it's not uh it's not that great um i don't think they could have done a lot more with it you can definitely see that you're inside of the technodrome um but besides like the lasers uh that shoot from the ceiling or from uh the floor there isn't that much going on uh, in there besides mm-hmm. a few platforms here and there. It does have like some metallic look to it for sure because of uh, the way they, they do the pattern for the floors and the ceiling. Um, but besides that, it's mainly just um, yeah throwing all the enemies uh, to you that have been in, in previous stages. Um, and I think it also is the first time you actually run into the uh, Roadkill Rodneys. Um, which have been a staple of, I think, the animated series. I think that's where they stemmed from. Uh, but they definitely were in the very first arcade game as well, one of mm. the first few enemies you run into. Um, and yeah, those guys are a little bit tougher than your normal enemy because it basically take two hits uh, mm-hmm. to, to actually kill. Um, but that's only when you use your normal attack um but throughout the game it's actually always of course better to use the jump attack um because it does double damage um so you take out all these rodneys with one hit um but it's actually a really dumb mechanic if i can say so because literally besides all the bosses in the game and the roadkill rodneys every enemy just takes one hit anyway so (laughs) it's it's actually a very useless uh technique beyond that yeah there's just those a couple enemies that really benefit from uh from having that that jump kick yeah also through like the stage too like even from the get-go it's 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 non-stop it's just like it was when you're in the river it's it's just a non-stop gauntlet through the entire stage as well too mm-hmm. um and the music is actually it's it, it has its own unique music you know, some stages kind of just recycled some some other music from previous stages. The Technodrome has its own <clears throat> unique music up until you get inside of the Technodrome. Once you get inside the Technodrome, then it plays the alley music from stage one. Um, but like this, like you can tell, this is the final stage of a video game. Um, if you've ever played yeah any game from like the late 80s and early 90s, whether it's Game Boy, NES, Super Nintendo, like whatever it may be, when you get to the final stage, with the exception of Castlevania, 
they were relentless with the enemies that they threw at you. Like they would, they would be like, "Well, we have a whole bag left of enemies that we can still use. Grab them by the handfuls and start throwing them onto the screen." Um, <laughs> it is what it kind of feels like. It's just like a nonstop barrage of just like every step you take, another enemy seems to kind of appear on screen. <laughs> it's like sometimes two or three of them. It's it's pretty. It is like pretty dauntless, and I think like. It, it makes the progression of this level seem very slow. So you maybe don't even notice that there's not really a lot of like platforming to it. It's there's like, like Mo said, there's a little bit, but it's, it has this overall, that's like very kind of flat feel. Yeah. It, it's a pretty basic level, like at, at its core. Um, it's just you walking up to the Technodrome, you know, before going inside of it. And then once you're inside, you have the metallic, you know, the robot machinery, feel but um look. yeah and I'm with that I like I just feel like if you look at like the sewer levels or like the earlier levels like all that texture and like the brickwork and like the pipes and all that stuff like it it's so detailed and then when you look at the the technodrome level like it, it definitely has that like mechanical feel to it with like the wall panel texture and stuff but it just feels so blank like it just feels so empty there's like a ceiling and like a floor and then like a like a couple like panel texture and but when you look at the the under like the the sewer levels there's like tons of brick and all the brick has texture and there's like all these like beat up pipes and stuff it's it just feels like towards the end of the game it just gets more and more simple i think that there could have still been a lot of like metallic shine to the back walls and and stuff but uh so to me as the game progressed it was a little disappointing visually but um I think they made up for it with like the the barrage of enemies where you just like you may not even really get a chance to notice the background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder if um, it was either due to the limitations of the hardware, like completely that they just overused all their assets in the very first three levels and then just ran out of space to actually make it look more interesting in the cave part of uh, stage four and then especially in the second part of the Technodrome where you're literally just inside a vent, which is completely dark. Um, or that it is because they throw so many enemies at you during those parts that they just were not able to actually put in more sprites uh, for the backgrounds and things like that. Because like we said before, this is a very early Game Boy game, so they didn't really understand the system quite yet. Even though it's it's pretty impressive overall for such an early game uh but but maybe that uh explains a little bit why these final few levels are well a little bit more flat and standard than you would expect if you've played the other stages yeah that is true like with the increase of enemies we did see like the the previous level had a a pretty big increase in enemies and then this one as well so uh maybe that is probably the a pretty good guess as to why the the levels are a little more simple looking even like less platforming less less moving around yeah what they did do though uh once you've made it through uh through the normal part of the technic room and i think the vent i i have no idea what it's supposed to be i think it's just a vent you go through um you do get to the final part of the game which is the boss fight against Technically, Super Krang. That's what is what he is called when he's in his uh, robot. Uh, I could suit, I could never I remember that big robot suit. Like I love that robot suit. I remember having the action figure for it, but I couldn't remember what it was called. 
Yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's just Super Krang. Um, and, and Krang is, of course, just the, the brain thingy. I, I forgot what race he is. Uh, but yeah, the brain thingy, that's that's more than <laughs> enough for everybody to yeah. remember him. Isn't he uh, like a... Yeah, if, isn't Krang like some interdimensional alien or something like that? Like he's from another dimension and he's yeah, like he, not of like this planet? He like is that. from Dimension X and then from a particular planet, but I can't remember the race. Um, it's, I think, in the game, they, uh, in the yeah, in the game or in the cartoons, they explain it that he actually was like a real person or a humanoid, and that uh, his evil brain got separated from his body after he got locked up or something. Um, but in like later iterations, is actually that's how they look like. That's how that's alien race looks like they're just all brains i mm-hmm. guess um so it, it's <laughs> yeah it's it's a weird creature but yeah everybody loves him and his voice especially in the, oh, yeah. in the cartoon is just uh yeah <laughs> it's just amazing everybody loves that voice yeah but this and it's like such but an yeah, odd you... placement like having him in the stomach yeah. of the mm-hmm. this giant like, weird <laughs> yeah. looking shirtless uh, like wrestler style robot. Like he looks like a straight up, like a, you know, wrestler. He's got little red boots and like the little wrestler underpants. And, and other than that, he's like, you know, he's not really wearing a whole lot. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, if the cartoon made that suit or, or that it actually was in the comics or not. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's just for the cartoon. Probably. Yeah, he may have. Yeah. Uh, he may, we, we could probably always look that up at some point, but I'm, I would guess he probably was made strictly for the cartoon then was just kind of brought into the world. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, if you look at the final room, I guess, of the game, that one is definitely very uh, impressive when it comes to the background uh, because you're actually in the control room of the Technodrome with mm-hmm. like the big screen behind you, which is actually also a dimensional portal, uh, basically. Uh, plus the boss bride of Krang, is, is also very impressive and mm-hmm. very huge, um, which it's supposed to be, of course. Um, but yeah, you can see there they, they put a lot of effort again into it. And and that's why I think maybe the, the sprite limitation in the other stages might have been uh, an issue to not go into full detail on the stage design itself. That's fair. I mean, um, but like this, you know, in the, tech, in the Technodrone, it's like what we described... Um, uh, was it stage four where it's like the foreground is very well textured, but like the background is just a plain white background. But yeah, once you once you get to Krang, it's this like super super detailed room, and like right in the middle of the background, there's like this like moving portal. Like it's actually like moving in the background, like like flickering and flashing. And then Super Krang is super, super detailed. Like, even Krang inside the belly has shading over the top of it where, like, Krang is actually inside of the robot. Like, it's not just a general outline. Like, there is exceptional amount of detail to Super Krang. Yeah, and when you... And when you deal damage to him, his eyes get all big and his mouth pops open. And same thing with like the robot, like the, the robot registers damage like facially, 
um, and and Krang's eyes just get like so big. It's pretty it's pretty funny, but he is huge. Like because we mentioned earlier that that the the turtles have these really really high jumps. Uh, it seems like ridiculous how high they jump, and uh, like the turtle can barely jump over um super krang well that's like how tall the sprite is it's like yeah. over uh, double like the size of the super turtle krang is like two is, is twice the size of you like it takes two turtles to basically be the top of krang um and krang also has its own mm-hmm. unique boss mm-hmm. music again another telling tale of this yeah. is the this is the end all be all fight because typically games back then was Here's a boss fight. Here's a boss theme, but then like mm-hmm. you hit like a major boss or like the final boss, and it's a it's a brand new theme, right then and there. As visually impressive as uh, the stage design and Krang or Super Krang uh, is, sadly, it's also one of the easiest boss fights in the entire game. So that's kind of a letdown um that yeah. you come all this way just to to face off against one of the easiest opponents you have throughout the game um i feel like it makes Shredder sense a though a lot harder i like i can't imagine krang being like if if shredder if you can beat shredder i can't imagine krang being like more yeah. difficult than shredder in <laughs> like in like the yeah. like the actual world but um which but obviously krang is you know he's very deceptive and he's kind of uh got shredder in his uh in his palm so uh it makes sense that he would be the final final boss but to me it, like it, it it as a game wise it is a letdown when the final boss is pretty easy but uh realistically like lore wise i feel like uh it made yeah, sense I'm why also glad Krang was just kind of like a freebie at least simple for the fact that like they didn't give Super Krang like these magical superpowers that we've never seen before, whether it was in the comic or the cartoon or anything of the fact. It was just like, hey, like here's Super mm-hmm. Krang, which yeah. is already kind of weird to see in a Turtles game because I, this is the only Turtles game that I can think of off the top of my head that has Super Krang in it. Maybe the arcade version does, and I haven't played the arcade version in a long time, but... <laughs> Turtles in Time definitely has uh, two Krang fights in it. Uh, one during the uh, auto-scroller stage where you're uh, fighting against the flying form of a super Krang robot and then just Krang himself in a, in some kind of UFO thing that lays uh, mouse or eggs or, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think, um, besides the, Back from the Sewers, which is the second game on Game Boy, I don't think there's another uh, game on NES or, or the other arcade games where Krang actually shows up, if I remember correctly. Is Turtles in Time the NES game? I... That's a Super Nintendo one, which was originally an arcade game, of course. But I don't think I've ever played Turtles in Time. Oh, and uh, while you guys were, were chatting, I looked up Krang's first appearance was actually in the comics, not in okay. not in the animated series. Uh, way back in 1988. Wow. But another another thing too, thinking about Super Krang and his attire, like his robot attire. You gotta think back of like the late 80s and early 90s was like really popular wrestling time as well too. Like Hulk Hogan was. Very popular, mm. and, Ho- and Hulk Hogan wore red and gold. So true, 
and he was bald except for well, the back part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny to see how many um how many times Hulk Hogan inspired characters have appeared in um in games cuz I know in like the Persona series there is definitely like a Hulk Hogan inspired character who is a wrestler and uh has like the hair just like Hulk Hogan and everything but uh, I think he even has like the mustache too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, funny that that comes up actually. I was uh, earlier today I was uh, watching um what's it called final fight the mm-hmm. game um which has the um boss enemy or later a normal enemy called andore or andore jr which is literally based on andre the giant uh which was one of hulk hogan's uh, main rivals back oh, in yeah. that day so uh yeah they do have a lot of uh game characters inspired by wrestlers throughout history actually oh yeah nice Another little interesting tidbit that I, I kind of gleamed from from this is that uh, Krang was created by someone named David Wise. And I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> David Wise? Like, it, it, everyone knows David Wise from the Donkey, as the composer of like Donkey Kong mm-hmm. Country and all that stuff. And I was like, what? It's just, David Wise is just another, is just a, uh, a is just an American animator and writer. Uh, so he's just like created Krang. I was like, what? it gave me like a little bit of a, a double take there, but. Uh, How old was the composer back then? I don't think he would have come up with Krang back then. Yeah, he, he would probably just <laughs> was watching the cartoon. Yeah. But yeah, that basically wraps up this entire game. Like, uh, you finally defeat Krang. Um, I'm not sure if it's in this one or in the second one that he actually, like, flies into the portal. Might be both, actually. Well, when um, you, when so you yeah, beat him, he kind of just, like, disintegrates from the top, bottom mm-hmm, to the top, mm-hmm. top to bottom, I can't remember. But, like, the next cutscene is a turtle untying April, so... Mm-hmm. No, okay. No, then I'm thinking of the second game. I just recently played through both of them, and both have Krang as the final boss. So, Uh-oh, spoilers! Uh, <laughs> spoilers for the, the next... Well, not the next episode, but the future episode. Uh, but, yeah... Um, Indeed, like, after you beat Krang, um, well, there's two outcomes, actually, to this game. Um, either you just save April, and then you go to the game over screen with uh, with your score uh, in it. Or you actually get the quote-unquote good ending. And um, in my opinion, this is like the best part of this entire game um and i'm not sure what it depends on but what i remember from when i was a kid i think it's tied to the amount of points you have by the end of the game uh which ending actually plays so um if you play through the entire game start to finish like stage one through stage five you're definitely gonna have more than enough points and you will always get the good ending um, otherwise, if you just select stage five, you're going to get the quote unquote bad ending. Um, and I think it's around 20,000 points that you need to, uh, actually get that good ending. And the good ending is actually just an epilogue, uh, which is a scrolling text. And then it uh, goes into an actual credits section. But what makes this part so amazing is for me, at least, it has one of the best compositions ever made for a Game Boy, and especially for a game this early. Um, I think it's amazingly impressive how they did that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says here that uh, 
to to get the the best ending you have to start from stage one and uh and so you can't like select stage two or three like it says you have to start from stage one to get the full ending that's what i always thought first as well but i do remember as a kid like starting from stage three or something and still getting that ending Hmm. so i think it's tied to the points um, and if anybody can check that out, because yeah, there are people maybe listening that know how to do tasks or something like that, or get into the code of the game, and just check out what the trigger for that is, maybe we'll finally know. Um, <laughs> I might be wrong, I might be remembering it's wrong from my childhood, but I think it's tied to points as far as I can figure. That makes sense. The epilogue has one of like the best lines ever. It's like, what happened to Shredder and Krang? Churn to toast, vaporize to milkshake. What? All right. Apparently, they got vaporized <laughs> to a milkshake. Mmm, milkshakes. Shredder milkshake. <laughs> I love me some Krang flavored milkshake. He does look like yeah. he might be like very strawberry and delicious. But also a cool thing, I don't know if this happens in a game over when you lose all your turtles, but when you beat the game, you go through the epilogue, you go through the staff roll, and at the end, it shows the four turtles, and then it flips over and it says, the end, with Krang underneath mm-hmm. the words, the end. And he just does this really kind of terrifying smile, kind of haunts your dreams, then a question mark appears. It's like, oh, here, when, when's Turtles 2 coming out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Turtles were so hot. Like, I mean, look at how Turtles are still popular now, like, in some yeah. iteration. And it's it was the 80s that this thing started. That's 30 years. I mean, and kids are still buying Turtles. New generations are, like, in, you know, picking their favorite Turtle that they're going to be talking about when they're older. And you know, it's just, it's crazy. They knew yeah, it too back f- then. They knew how popular they were and that they could sell any toy or any game. And thankfully, and this game was, was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, definitely. For a, for a first first go at a Turtles game on a Game Boy, not, not bad. Not a bad start. Yeah. Maybe there's some hidden mini games in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find out what time Belthick woke up for this episode. Um, so, <laughs> uh, moving on, just real quick. Um, cover art. So the cover art for this super reminds me of the comic cover a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty. It's, it's colorful, but it's grungy at the same time. Like it has. It has that 90s feel to it for sure. Um, yeah. Looks like they're, well, in the American version, it says Ultra at the top. Um, then the Turtles logo, Follow the Foot Clan, and kind of a basic green and light green font. Uh, but the background looks like they're in the sewer of a sort, um, mm-hmm. back to back to back to back. Yeah, or like an alley or something like that. But yeah, definitely some some place not pleasant. Yeah, and they're surrounded by the Foot Clan. Uh, if you look, who's that? Is that a Foot Clan member way in the back with that battle axe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, yeah. 
So there's there's a lot. When it seems like actually, uh, it looks like Leonardo is facing Shredder. If you look at the very bottom of the oh, screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the head is a little bit different, and it kind of has that Shredder helmet. Like maybe the turtles are facing Shredder, and they're surrounded. Like maybe he's he's giving them his demands, or his he's monologuing at the turtles. So he has them trapped. Yeah, I didn't even notice the helmet. Yeah. But like the the American version, again, this is really weird to say is the better of the two versions, in my opinion, because like, there is so much detail to it. Like, they're in a setting. Like, they're whether it's in a sewer or an alley or whatever, like, they're in a setting. Like, you're actually, like, looking at basically a Turtles comic cover. But then we jump yeah. into the Japanese version, and this one says Konami on it, which is already weird. And then it has the turtles logo, but the and the four turtles are blown up in size now. Yeah, same drawing of the turtles, um, and then there's there's kind of still you can tell that they're surrounded by uh, Foot Clan because they're you can see their hands with their weapons, um, but there's no longer a, like a like a background of any sorts, which it seems like pretty common with a lot of Japanese box arts. They're a lot tend to be a lot more simple but mm. a lot better drawn and um, the American style of box arts tend to be kind of cringy sometimes. And uh, which is, so it's kind of odd that the turtles aren't redrawn. They are the same exact drawing, just bigger and without the background. So um, usually you would see something that's maybe a little bit more like um, in it, like a, like a Japanese like anime style or you know if you look at yeah. like Kirby or something it's he's rendered differently than on the American cover it has a lot more like realistic ish shading whereas like on the Japanese covers it's usually a lot more flat color but a little bright and like silly and, and fun um, so it's kind of surprising to see that the Japanese boxer had the same drawing just uh, no background yeah they basically just took the foreground of the America of the American cover I don't know which one came first and they just blew it up. Like, that's all they did. Like, they, they removed all of the background and just took all of the foreground sprites, essentially. The turtles, the, mm -hmm. the, the Foot Clan Shredder, and just blew them up to the point where, like, you can't see any of the Foot Clan. You can't see Shredder at all anymore. You can only see their hands and their, and their weapons a little bit. But the whole focus is on the turtles. Yeah, I don't feel like it's a bad cover. I just feel like compared to the American cover, I, f I feel like seeing that foreground, the color, the texture, the of the ground, and then seeing them actually surrounded by the the dopey looking foot soldiers <laughs> is uh, is just a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not a terrible cover, but it's definitely one of those covers where the Amer like it. I don't say it often, but the American version is better. Like I typically lean towards the Japanese covers a lot, mm -hmm. but uh, in this case here, I very much prefer the American cover. Tailgater yeah. is another one where I, I prefer the American cover actually to the Japanese one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I was looking up if I could see who actually made the cover art for this uh, game because last episode we actually found out uh, who created the cover art, which was something very rare to find. Uh, but yeah, for this one, I can't find it either. But yeah, if I have to, I think the game came out in Japan first, but I do have a feeling that the cover art is uh, definitely made by an American artist 
Um, yeah. Maybe who has worked on the comics in the past or something like that, because the style is totally not Japanese at all. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, maybe they created the cover for the American version or the, the European version first and then just simplified it for a Japanese release. But yeah, the, the actual art style itself is is really far gone from anything Japanese uh, during that period. So I'm actually yeah. seeing um, some like fan-made covers that are taller and um there is it is actually shredder at the bottom and there's much there's more image it's much more of a vertical image so i wouldn't be surprised if maybe this came from some type of comic art or if it was um it was uh like made as like a marketing piece that was vertical and then they just turned it into the cover or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's kind of odd too that the, the cover does have that comic style, but then the game inside very much has the animated series uh, style to like the look of the turtles and um, the cutscenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with the NES version where they totally based it on the, the cover, at least on the comics and the game itself was more uh, based upon the cartoon, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, general reception of the game, pretty good. I mean, most most people, from what I read, enjoyed the game. Now and now mm-hmm. and then, so. Um, most people accepted its. its it's simplicity in goofy looking turtles, you know, as a, you know what? It's a first, first game, first Game Boy Turtles game. It's, it, it doesn't crash. It's enjoyable to play. It has a killer OST. Like, yeah. everybody so uh history we'll start with man over mars because he's our guest what is your history with this game <laughs> so the the very first time i i, I played through it and, and beat this game it was uh for a a charity marathon um and called uh, drunk games done slowly <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was pretty drunk and uh I had a lot of fun. I had played the game before, like maybe the first level or something, and I was, so I knew the game was, was you know that it was slow paced and everything, um, and that you know it was kind of derpy, and uh, but I, I didn't have like a very high opinion of the game. I'm not sure why I picked it to play because we had like a two hour block that you had to fill. So if you you know you beat three games in it, then that's fine. If you beat one game, that's fine. If you don't beat any games, that's fine. It's just being on. It was like a a full weekend marathon raising money for different charities and uh and uh you could you know they encouraged well they they didn't like make you drink it was just so you didn't have to drink yeah uh, but uh i you know i did and, uh, and i had a lot of fun I, I played it i played through it and i beat it i finally beat it i i'd appeared on that um they did a charity every month and for like a couple months i was involved in I beat this game for the first time. I beat like Mega Man 2 for the first time. 
like Ninja Gaiden Shadow. I only primarily played Game Boy. I was one of the few people that played Game Boy. Um, it was like a retro. Like usual. It was like a retro <laughs> um, marathon thing. So, uh, so yeah, they eventually opened it up for like bigger, like newer games. But I always still just pretty much played Game Boy for the most part. And, you know, a lot of people were like, wow, I didn't know that this existed or like, you know, like, wow, this game's pretty mm -hmm. cool. I'm gonna have to try it out. So it was neat to see. Uh, and this was one of them where people were like really excited to see, oh, Ninja Turtles is so cool. Wow. This game looks so silly. And like, um, and uh, I feel like this game is more impressive to play than to watch, but uh, it's, it, uh, it was fun. I was very proud of myself to, to have beaten, beaten it uh, while so intoxicated. So, <laughs> <laughs> Grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Mo? Yeah, I think I've like mentioned it before, but I had this game uh, ever since I was a kid, so it's probably one of the first five games or something I bought for a Game Boy that I actually like picked myself, of course, uh, because yeah, of course I loved the turtles. They were on TV constantly, and and they were a big part of uh, everybody's yeah. life back then. Um, the weird thing though is, um, I am pretty sure, um, and I, I actually should check my uh, my copy of the game, uh, but that I had a copy which said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it, and not Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, uh, like the European version is called. Um, and I'm still not sure, like, I don't remember the cartoon being Hero Turtles either here. I, I really always remember this as the Ninja Turtles, like, nobody ever said Hero Turtles. So I think that might be only a thing that happened in Germany, um, because the reason why all these things like Ninja and, and, and guns in cartoons and stuff like that got censored here was because of Germany. They had uh, all the say in that, but... I, I don't remember it ever being called Hero Turtles, at least. So for me, it always has been the Ninja Turtles. Mm. Yeah, because I know like nunchucks were like banned too, right? And Michelangelo had a grappling hook. That was like his, that was like they replaced it. Yeah. Yeah, see that I don't remember either. Like it, it's, it's so crazy. Like, uh, so I don't know where that stems from. Maybe I'm just uh, remembering it wrong, but... Yeah, for me, it was always the Ninja Turtles. Uh, but yeah, even back then, I just really, really loved the soundtrack of this game. Like, it was this and Kirby's Dreamland, and I kept uh, mm. humming those songs over and over again all through the day. Um, and yeah, that shows how well done this music actually is. If even how old was I when this kid... Well, it was 1990, but I guess I got it like when I was five or six or something. Um, yeah, that it's mm -hmm. stuck to me from then till this day how these songs uh, actually go. And, and yeah, that's just marks an amazing soundtrack. So I, I still love this. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Michiru Yamane, is, she's, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I had this game as a kid. This was my first turtles game because I, I would mm -hmm. i didn't get the i didn't get the nes turtles until after this um and see i had a very different experience with game boy where my parents absolutely refused to listen to anything coming from the game boy like music <laughs> or anything so like 98 percent of my game boy playing as a kid was basically on mute like i i all i always played the game boy without sound <laughs> they're like 
damn it, turn that sound off. Basically, yeah. They're like, <laughs> You're offending me. They're like, this. Can you turn We're th- trying to listen to Terminator 2 here. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, can you turn that down? Can you turn that off? You know, and, and like, I I mean, like, headphones back then, uh, I mean, they didn't have ear. There were no earbuds. It was, you had, like, these yeah. giant studio yeah. cups, basically, you know. Um, so it's it like, Okay, okay, you know, it's like I played I played a lot of Game Boy without sound. Like I played Balloon I played a lot of good games with a great OST, Balloon Kid, Turtles, Kirby. I played so many games with good music without sound and wouldn't know about the music mm-hmm. until I was an adult. Um so playing the game, I I I beat it as a kid even too. It's a pretty easy game. Um but I beat it a, a crap load of times. It was Turtles. Like when Turtles was on Saturday morning cartoons, like I, you bet, you know, you bet your ass. I had my Game Boy by me, and I'd play Turtles during, during the commercials, or, you know, we got a road trip. Like, oh, we're going to the store. Okay, well, it's a twenty minute car ride. I can, I can play the game. I can maybe beat it bit by time we get to the store. Yeah. You know, like I did a lot of that mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, and Turtles was always one of the go tos that I played. Uh, just because it was just so easy to get in and hop into, because you can choose what level you play from. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like I I look back at it now. And it's like the only reason I liked it as a kid because it, it said turtles. Like if it was <laughs> any other game, I probably would have hated it. Yeah, because I, just to just how kind of derpy it was. But uh, I mean, now as an adult, like actually like, criticizing the game, it's actually it's actually a very well done game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys are lucky having Game Boys. I didn't have a Game Boy as a kid. <laughs> I asked for one for Christmas, and I remember like standing at the top of the stairs. Uh, and my parents would like wrap presents. You could listen to them. They would think we were asleep, and um, me and my my brothers and my sister would stand there and like try to glean some information for what was coming up for Christmas and. <laughs> I remember I'd ask for a Game Boy, and then my dad liked games, and he would always open the stuff and play it. Uh, like one time we got a Sega Genesis, and the box was all distorted, and I was like, what's going on? And he had put the console away with the cartridge still in it, and the cables were attached to the back of the TV so that we could just open it and then just immediately start playing it. But So he tried out the Game Boy, and I heard the Game Boy come on, and because uh, my friends all had Game Boy, so I knew what it's the like the startup bias sounded like, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm going to bed. I know that then a Game Boy, that's all I wanted." And then Christmas rolls around, and uh, I like they would always save like the big present for the end, and uh, I was like, opened a Game Gear, and I was like, "What is this?" And my dad's like, "Oh, it's so cool. It's like in color. We 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 bought two Game Boys, one for you and your brother, and uh, I tried it out. It was black and white, and it was like hard to see." And wasn't in color, so we took him back and got a Game Gear, and I was like, "Oh, oh man!" Because I had like Sonic and like uh, Spider-Man: Return of the mm-hmm. Sinister Six, and a few other games that were not very good. X-Men, and uh, I was like, I would have had Turtles if I had, if I probably would have had this game if I had a Game Boy, but uh, sadly, I had the Game Gear. Yeah, I think the only reason the only reason I had a Game Boy was. It was the it was a ch- cheaper option than the Game Gear, and mm-hmm. I I grew up in a I grew up in a mil- in a military family, so we were always on the road from when I was when I was a kid. So it was just here's a game here's your Game Boy like this is what you're gonna be playing basically for 
until you're 13 or whatever, you know, whatever it was when we stopped moving around. Um, it's just like, okay. So, like, I, I, I literally, like, lived on my Game Boy. Like, I didn't have a ton of games for it, mind you, but I, the games I had mm-hmm. were good enough to keep my interest as a kid the entire yeah. time. But I think that's the only reason I had a Game Boy. Like, if I if I was one of those, if I was in a family where we didn't move at all, and, like, we were just stationary, like, here's where we're living for the rest of our life, basically, I probably wouldn't have had a Game Boy at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. At least not right away. I probably wouldn't have gotten a Game Boy until, like, Pokemon came out or something. Like, way, way, way later in the Game Boy life. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seemed Game Gear ruined handheld gaming for me. Uh, I didn't play any more handheld games. I didn't have Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, DS, until the 3DS is when I finally started playing handheld games again. Because uh, I was like, well, handheld games must just be like really bad versions of console games. Right, right. So why don't I just play console, <clears throat> you know, put my money yeah. towards consoles? And uh, that's when I was like, whoa, okay, 3DS is awesome. Let me take a look back at some of these other games. And Game Boy was one of the first consoles that I went back to and was just like, all right, let me try some stuff out and just fell in love with the, the console. Yeah. <laughs> Which only fueled my dislike for Game Gear even more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn you, Game Gear, you robbed me of so many years of gaming. Yeah, I yeah. Say yeah, I can go on a long tangent about how I don't like Sega, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do we'll do but, a separate uh, episode on why we don't like Sega. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, small speedrunning section. So this game is kind of fairly popular. Um, yeah, mainly because like it was in Tiny Ten, so a lot of people uh, played through it back then. Um, but also just because it's one of the easiest games to learn. Basically, like even if you're just playing it blind, it will take you what twenty five minutes maximum. Um, if yeah. you play it three times in a row, you probably can submit your run for the leaderboard. So, um, yeah, hmm. definitely would would <laughs> recommend doing that. Um, but yeah, the the entire speed run is uh, pretty simple on its own because there's. No, like, special tricks to it or anything. It's usually just dependent on lag reduction by either killing certain enemies or by ignoring enemies uh, or even the spawning enemies. Like, there's a few uh, screens where you can, like, jump up and the screen scrolls upwards with you and then the bottom enemies disappear. So um, everything you can do uh, to just reduce the lag in this game helps. Um, Besides that... Like I mentioned, you can do the jump kick to do double damage to bosses. So that makes the fights a little uh, shorter. Um, and yeah, that's basically the entire speed run. So yeah. So if you're think- if you've been thinking about speed running, it's a, like they said, it's a pretty good one to get into, and uh, it's pretty short. Not too many insane tricks, and it's turtles. You get to listen to that soundtrack as you do your resets over and over. Yep. <laughs> And um, now that I was looking things up, and <laughs> now I can tie into one of the mini games from earlier. Um, apparently, there's a 90% category and a 100% category. I did not know the latter existed. I think they just added that, but it oh, was recorded either, earlier yeah. because I didn't see it before. Um, but the 100% category apparently just is do all the bonus games as well, at least the ones 
uh, they found so far. So I'm going to check this out after this episode to see if I actually did find them all or not. Um, but I was just skipping through it real quickly to see if it did include these bonus games. And I'm on the splinter one where you have to guess the number. And I'll, <laughs> I can already see they programmed this completely wrong. So um, the first number he types into is 500. And Splinter answers bigger. So the second number he enters is 200. And then he says smaller. So it's opposite <laughs> of what he's supposed to be saying. So the, no the eventual mm. number is 473. Um, so, yeah, it's just wrong. So if it, if he says bigger, it's actually a smaller number and vice versa. That's why I never could figure this game out. Oh, that's so dumb. that uh, we have some community events related to Game Boy coming up. We have uh, Power Up with Pride on uh, June 12th to June 14th. Uh, we have one Game Boy game in there. Nice. Which uh, game? Link's Awakening, of course. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like the OG Game Boy game. That that game has been getting into a lot of marathons lately. Um, Legs' Dragon Heart did not get in, unfortunately, and my Year Walk did not get in. They don't. They apparently don't want a horror block. So, um, on top of that, we have ESA Summer Online, July twenty fourth to August second. Uh, not sure about submissions on that. You can check that at esamarathon.com. Uh, and ESA Summer, which is rescheduled to October second to October eleventh, which y'all know that's in Sweden. So. Uh, and also, we have summer games done quick. Um, their game list just or their game submissions just closed. Uh, their game list will probably be coming out in the next I don't know monthish or so, and uh, they're set to be going in I think either August or September for their rescheduled event. Uh, outside of that, there's probably a hundred other tiny marathons I'm not knowing about or have completely forgot about. Uh, because it is marathon season, and with the coronavirus being a thing, online marathons are seemingly increasing for Corona Relief and mm -hmm. um, St. Jude stuff. So, yeah, makes sense. It's the it's the big thing on everyone's mind, and it's also affecting a lot of the events themselves. So it's kind of hard to get away from it. Yeah, I saw a Calithon tweet that they're planning on doing something as well. So I'm curious what Calithon has planned. Um, I know RPG Limit Break is usually in May or June. I haven't kept up with them, so I don't know exactly if they've rescheduled or if they are going completely online or not. So Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out. And uh, with that, do you have any questions in, in the Discord? Yeah, I'm uh, actually looking over them. Um, I think there's a few. So we have Fariel asking, um, is there actually any difference between all the turtles in the game besides the visuals? No. 
Well, like we answered yeah. death. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, and the only visual difference is their weapon. Yeah. So. Well, besides that, they're literally all the same. Yeah. No reach differences or speed differences or anything like that. Yeah. All the attack animations are the same. Everything. Yeah. Well, uh, passing on to the next one, uh, Toucan Sam asks, which turtle would taste best in a soup? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know. I would be kind of worried to eat Michelangelo. Uh, so I would think maybe Leonardo. He probably takes the best care of himself. And uh... I would say Donatello or Leonardo because, yeah, they take the best care of themselves and they move the most because they have, you know, bigger weapons. I don't know. That, uh, yeah. that testosterone that Raph has, might, I don't know how that would <laughs> yeah, might like... season him up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Michelangelo, Michelangelo would be too many calories probably, give you a lot of cholesterol issues. Um, and I think Raphael is just too sour to put in soup. <laughs> too sour, yeah. <laughs> Unless you like sweet and sour soup. True, yeah. But then you, have, <laughs> need, to, you need a lot of uh, sweet to, to get rid of that sour, though. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Then again, uh, yeah. No, it would not be Raph because he uses size and you can't eat soup with a size. So, no. Yeah, I think all of the weapons would be hard to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's that one. And I'm looking if... Uh, well, Man Over Mars here himself asked, <laughs> do all the weapons have the same reach? You answered that yourself, so great. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, as we were getting ready for the episode, I think I, I don't <laughs> think I... I thought it was maybe, like, not questions that were being asked, like, on during the episode. I think it was just, like, I was just prepping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know. I figured they didn't, but... Well, we can skip that one as well now, so... Um, and then I asked one to to everybody, but not a lot of people answered, but uh, which is uh, people's favorite Turtles cartoon and movie? Uh, the 80s cartoon and the very yeah. first Turtles movie. The one that's, like, super dark, uh, kind of, like, gothy, more violent, mm-hmm. like, less funny. The one where Raph like gets, gets kidnapped, up and, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first one. In- yeah, the, the second one got a little. The second one was I really watched a lot as a kid. Yeah, I think uh, it was a little more like fun and like you know ridiculous. That was the one that had Vanilla Ice, right? Yeah. And then like uh, it was just a little more silly. But uh, as a kid, I really, really did like the first one um, when April did the drawings of the turtles. Uh, it made, it was one of those things that as a kid made me want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. There was, I had a few, few things throughout my childhood that like kind of, uh, really pushed me to explore being an artist. So I'm really happy that, uh, uh, like her drawings, it was such a neat way that they added it into the movies. And in most movies, the way artists are depicted is pretty terrible. It's not very accurate. And so hers, it's, it felt like it could have worked out. And then the fact that, um, they find the drawing on uh, what was his name, Billy or um, the kid, and then like it was just like neat that it was like it wasn't just like a stupid little side thing. It ended up having like some meaning, uh, so that was something that meant a lot to me from that movie. Yeah, I think for most people, the second one will uh, be in their minds because it was more uh, made towards kids. Uh, it was more silly and things like that. The first one is actually yeah. a pretty dark movie. Um, which actually yeah. follows the comics a lot. Well, it doesn't follow the story of the comics, but the comics are also very dark, actually. 
Um, yeah. So I think for us growing up with those movies, the second one had more of an impact generally, but it is not as good a movie as, as the first one at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one too, one thing that was really neat was like the foot soldiers and how it, it was like a they showed it as like a brotherhood and how like they kind of sucked kids in and the kids mm-hmm. kind of felt like it was a family, but then like, you know, the upper, the higher ups were obviously like using the kids. And so it, it was kind of neat to see them take that kind of seriously and show like how it would be easy for these kids to fall into this trap of, you know, joining this gang. And uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Like they promised them like all these kids walk around smoking and like, you know, playing arcade games mm-hmm. and skateboarding mm-hmm. and just doing whatever they wanted. And that's what a lot of kids would want. And then, but obviously, like, as they got higher up, you know, they, they kind of, they weren't little boys anymore. And they were, uh, you know, they, they were being trained to be pretty nasty. So it was, it was, I thought that was really cool. There was a lot of really, like, for a Turtles movie, you know, with these giant turtles, you wouldn't think they would have taken it very seriously. And I thought the, the writing for the movie was done really well. Yeah, I, I think f- Going back to the second one, I think it was such a big impact. It was a yeah, it was catered towards children, but it had a lot of pop culture references in it. Like mm-hmm. it had Vanilla Ice in it, and at the time, Vanilla Ice was popular, right? Um, it just it just had a lot of it had a lot of references to what was going on in the world versus like the first one, which was based out of what Manhattan, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And unless you lived in Manhattan, there was really nothing to really connect to at all or if you lived in a bigger city there's nothing to really connect to and then the third one like that movie just doesn't even exist so <laughs> yeah well and you could see with the second one too they introduced uh what was his name kino like the the pizza kid the pizza delivery oh, kid. oh yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah so it was kind of like it kind of allowed you to imagine your interaction with the turtles because in the first one you didn't really didn't get to see like anyone other than like april or casey jones interact with the turtles and kino was kind of like this you know, this punk kid that like, you know, he had some skills too, but, uh, uh, and then there was super shredder and, uh, Tokar and Razor. So it, even like the way the second movie starts out with, I think that's where there's like a robbery and like Dantel pretends to be like that pushing thing. Like the, you know, like those like inflatable things you can punch and they, they fall over and uh, <laughs> yeah, like, there's just like so much more silly stuff mm-hmm. in the, in the movie. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good movie. Both yeah. of them were really good, but I think I prefer the the more dark, serious like first yeah, one as well. Same. Yeah, uh, I was always disappointed as a kid that there was never Krang or Rocksteady or Bebop in those movies. But yeah, the newer ones have Rocksteady and Bebop, I think. Yeah, but it's not as yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. just not as <laughs> it would have been like it, it, it would have been interesting to see how they would have been done because like Tokar and Razor were were pretty cool. Um, and uh, to see like how they would have handled Rocksteady and Bebop. It would have been kind of neat instead of Tokar and Razor if it was Rocksteady and Bebop. I agree. Like, I think it would have been better, honestly, if it was Rocksteady and Bebop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because even in the cartoons, they were kind of silly. So. Yeah. But there was they used the animals in, like, instead of like Rocksteady and Bebop would have been humans that they turned into the animals. In the right. Tokar and Razor, they used like the, yeah, the, the little puppy too. and yeah. <laughs> snapping turtle. <laughs> <laughs> they're babies <laughs> like, I, just, I can't get that out of my head like, <laughs> shredder like screaming like <laughs> yeah it's still a fun movie to watch yeah. Way. Yeah. You know, so yeah a lot of people are saying it's not a great movie but it's 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 
it's fun. It's fun. You should definitely watch it. Um, besides that, like, there are two very good cartoon movies as well, though. Like, you have the one where the 2003 Turtles meet the, the 80s, 90s Turtles, which is really good. And a few years ago, or maybe only two years ago, kind of hard to keep track of the time lately, um, there has been the Batman vs. Uh, Turtles animated movie, and that one was really great as well. So, um, if you haven't heard of those you can always go check those out. I really like Yeah, them. I haven't seen those. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, they're really, really well done. So. And Batman lost because it's four against one. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the movie, but you can definitely guess what's going to happen eventually. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's about all the questions we had. We just had Lex who said that she liked the third movie, actually, which I replied to no. You, you, yeah, you're not allowed yeah. to do that. No and she also said, uh, "I miss the girl turtle." Um, yeah. For those of I you who don't Venus. know, the girl turtle. Yeah, Venus. Um, it was from the live action uh, show on TV and from their tour, their music. To, uh, don't ask. Pretend it doesn't exist. But uh, their musical tour. Yeah, pretend it doesn't exist. It wasn't great or anything like that. But uh, oh. <laughs> they had the, the costumes over, um, like from the third movie, I think. It's not even the ones from the first two movies. The The costumes from the first two movies uh, were really well done. The third one, mm-hmm. sadly not. And they used those for uh, the music tour and the live-action TV show. And yeah, then they came yeah. up with Venus, which was a girl turtle with boobs. And it was awkward. It was weird. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, all, all the questions uh, we have. Cool. Sick. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's dive into this outro, I guess. So, um, if you have any other thoughts, suggestions, feedback, we love to hear from y'all. We have the Discord where most people talk now. Getting a little a little busier lately, but hmm. still pretty quiet. Um, obviously, you can DM, DM us or tweet at us or visit us on twitch and yell at us there tell us how how great we're doing um outside of that uh ben over mars where can they find you and what projects are you working on right now uh well i'm i can be found most mornings now uh pst so pacific time zone um uh streaming on twitch working on a lot of art i i do a lot of art commissions for a lot of other streamers some in the retro community some in other communities um keeps me pretty busy but then uh, i usually play games still playing some game boy i have it set up every monday morning i play game boy so uh, right now playing some pokemon red for the first time so <laughs> i'm so behind on so many games so. i apologize <laughs> i've been enjoying it it's it's not too bad being there with chat makes it a lot uh, a lot more enjoyable so if you guys want to stop in and say hi that's great <laughs> all right um mo where can i find you as per usual, you can find me only on three things, uh, which are YouTube, Twitch, and... Uh, wait, what's the third one? Twitter. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I only have three things, and I can't even remember those. Uh, but yeah, that's all slash Moolah, which is M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, I don't have anything else, and I don't think I'll have anything else in the future. So no TikTok or Instagram or anything like that. Uh, yeah, and you can find... Um... Sprinting Legs, we'll start with her first, uh, at uh, Sprinting Legs on Twitch, uh, Legs on YouTube, uh, Legs in the Discord. 
Um, and sprintylegs.com. She has a pretty awesome website, and uh, there's a surprise mm-hmm. coming to that website here shortly. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's real cool. And then uh, you can find me, uh, Belthic Gaming, on Twitch, Twitter. I have a YouTube. I don't have enough subscribers to have a custom URL, but just go there right away. There's all my Game Boy stuff, most of my Game Boy stuff, not all of it. Um, Belthic Gaming on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Belthic on TikTok, not Belthic Gaming. Um, I think that's about all I have going on. Uh, but yeah, mainly Twitch. Uh, right now I'm playing a lot of WoW, so because I needed a break after Final Fantasy VII. Uh, inside of that, uh, Patreon stuff. We have we have a Patreon, so if you are feeling generous and want to subscribe to our Patreon, saying that we're doing a fantastic job, um, you can be a patron and have a little special tag in Discord, see some behind-the-scenes channels, see some notes that are, I think, now up-to-date. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I actually just updated all of them, so... Um, some of them are not missing, but we just don't have any for those. Um, it's it's for our earlier lights, um, like when I started uh, the, doing those lights in the beginning, I just winged it. Really, I never made any yeah, same. Those. So, uh, which got harder when, it, when time went yep. on. Uh, so yeah, there there those are not there. But if they're not there, it really means they don't exist. So yes. Um. And then at $20 a month, uh, we'll start live streaming our podcasts. So that means I have to shower in the morning for you guys. So <laughs> uh, the video will not be of me showering, however. So that ha- that will be part of the OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, I was going to say. We also have a PayPal. Um, PayPal and Discord clearly don't integrate together. So if you do... Donate with PayPal if you don't feel like the subscribing thing. Let one of us know. We want to give you benefits in Discord and wherever else that we can to say thank you. So uh, DM Mo, myself, or or Legs. We'll get you set up. Uh, anything else I'm missing? I don't. I have no idea. No, that's uh, pretty much it. You can of course find links to everything on our uh, website, which is uh, gbrunners.com/digb. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so there's links yeah. to to all of our socials and to all of our uh, platforms where you can find the podcast on. Um, and speaking of that, um, I have been working my ass off all week um, <laughs> trying to actually make the videos for our YouTube channel. So the episodes will become available there as well with a little uh, like background thingy and a game feed. So for people who like want to have something on in the background which is a little bit more animated than just listening to the podcast um they will be available but i won't start uploading them until they're all done um which i think is gonna take another two weeks or something like that um it it takes a lot of time to render those things um so yeah you you can look forward to that i I would say go to youtube.com slash this is gameboy but of course we don't have that uh url available as we don't have enough subscribers so you can always already start subscribing until uh, the videos become available there's two on there right now which is the live one we did for nubau and the uh one for spider-man part two um those are nice. already available normally there. yeah yeah 
Yeah, if it gets to 100 subs, I think we can have a custom URL, so... If, yeah, unless they changed it again, because you never they know They probably did, because it's YouTube. Bunch of clowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, we won't get into that tangent. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, next game, Mo. Mo, it's your choice for the next game. Also, big shouts to Mo and Legs. Like, this YouTube thing has been a huge undertaking on them, so... Uh, there is gameplay footage of the stuff too with Mo and I doing it, so yeah, that's the, cool to see as well. <laughs> it's it's something. It's, it's just like the rendering takes a long while. Like forty five minute episodes usually literally take forty five minutes to render, but I just did Mo Mania, which was a two hour episode, and it took over three hours to render. And there is a Gross. backlog of fifty videos, so it's gonna take a long while to uh, yeah. to actually yeah. catch up to that. But I'm glad we're finally yeah. doing it. Once we're caught up, it's it's just gonna be a a thing An I have to do. Thing. Yeah, for yeah, for I'm looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to checking it out, seeing what to seeing what you put together. Yeah. Speaking of which, of course, uh, want to thank Man Over Mars for actually realizing our new logo. Uh, we didn't mention that before. Well, we mentioned it in another episode that you did it, of course, but we didn't mention <laughs> it this episode that you actually uh, also uh, finalized our, our new logo. Um, so, yeah, you can always enjoy his artwork uh, when you see our episodes coming up for sure. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun one to do. I mean, I love doing any type of drawings for Game Boys and stuff like that. So, uh, And like the the Tiny Ten and stuff. So it's it's been a lot of fun. That is good to hear. Sweet. Well, what's our next game? Well, I'm just going to go with Jurassic Park Part 2, The Chaos Continues. Keeping a reptile, huh? All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Keeping it cold-blooded. No, no, no fancy out- outro? No nothing? Just Jurassic Park? <laughs> I don't really have a lot to say about Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, say what uh, you uh, I I don't know. Gotta, gotta squish the poop. <laughs>